Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 408. Myself, Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, alongside not Eagle McMahon. No. Would you say this is 408? Hey, all. Come on. <laughs> Let's leave the terrible jokes to me. No. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. You can get in on it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Owen Scoggins, in just a few minutes, will be joining us. And unlike last week, we're not getting trolled. We've got an update. Last week, I had reached out to Garrett Gerthy and said, hey, would you uh, be interested in joining us? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, he got back to me relatively quickly and said that it shouldn't be a problem. And I'm going to read exactly how it went down. I think we were even talking about this about this time last week. Um, but he reached out and said, should not be a problem. Oh, sorry, let me see if I can find the exact phrasing of it. And <laughs> I said, uh, he said, let me know what the link is and I'll just hop on. I said, yep, sounds good. We start in just under an hour. This was, of course, about an hour before showtime last week. He said, okay, that sounds good to me. Uh, do you mind sending me the link? I sent him over the link where our people usually connect to. And then um, for the next like half hour, we were kind of just waiting for him to pop up. We went back and forth and uh, just waiting for him to pop up. And then I just eventually, as you saw us go on and on and on, we never saw Garrett. And then at one point, rather my, my, a little bit of my frustration turned into like legitimate concern. Cause it's so not like him. No, he's a fairly reliable he's guy, a reliable guy. And also just, he's always treated me and us so well. It's just so not like him. And then I started to think about, did something drastic happen? Some legitimate concern. And then even the next day I wrote him, I still never heard from him. And the next day I said, you good. Is everything Okay. And it was at that point I decided and didn't hear a response. And at that point, I then sent uh, his business partner, Ted, over at Double G Jerky a message and said, hey, 
have you heard from Garrett? Is everything all right? And he's like, yeah, as far as I know of. And we compared phone numbers to find out I had the inaccurate phone number for Garrett Gerthy. So some dickhead <laughs> went along with me last week who has this phone number and was trolling along with me and just uh, leading me on to make me think that I was, in fact, talking to Garrett. And so rather than the person saying, hey, wrong guy, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what podcast you are. Who is this? They just went along with it. Bricks. That's all I can say. At least, at least we didn't get some strange. <laughs> I would have taken it because at least we would have th- known, though. Would've... Like we would have got to the bottom of it. And so for an hour or two, I wouldn't have been sitting there thinking about, man, was, was is Garrett all right? Where's Garrett? Why isn't Garrett here? What's up with Double G? That's not like him. I, all of those things were going through my mind. But instead, it was really some jerk face. I'll be as polite as possible. Some jerk that just, yeah, was like, yeah, I'll be there. Give me the link. So my deepest uh, apologies to everyone for <laughs> thinking that we were going to have Garrett, because naturally I absolutely assumed as much. Uh, he had indicated as much, but at no point was I really talking to Double G. I haven't even had a chance to catch up with him and tell him this story, but it you was should very write- not on brand with Double G. You should write back and say something like, hey, uh, thanks for being on the show, blah, blah, blah. I really appreciate you. Where do you want me to send the money? Yeah, where do you want me to send the money? Now, in all fairness, a week or two ago, I trolled someone slightly who I also had an old number for. And I said something about, hey, I'd like to talk about vending at the U.S. Women's. And tell me, you know, how much money is needed. Well, this got this gentleman rolling. So rather than being a stand-up human and saying, sorry, man, you've got the wrong number, he uh, when I, he proceeded to go on and on and talk to me and try to uh, talk about how I could send him money for being a vendor. And then once I caught on that he was an absolute a-hole that was uh, just going along with this, then I started to BS him big time. I was like, yeah, I need the VIP access. I've got, you know, I've got my American, uh, I've got my uh, black card uh, and I've, I need VIPs and it's going to be about eight to 10 grand unless you can, you know, uh, get me some additional access for more money. And then he eventually sent me a cash app uh, screenshot that I could send the money to. So there are absolute a-holes is really the entire point of this story. Two different times I've now recently had incorrect numbers, which says something about my address book, but also the fact that these people couldn't be stand-up humans and just just wrong number, mildly bro. responsible. Yeah, just to say, sorry, you got the wrong number. like Or ignore it. One of the two. But to, to go along with both of them... Yeah, so if anybody wants this number, is this officially <laughs> doxing? Um, yes, please don't do that. Uh, I, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'll, I'll eventually get around to having some fun with this number, but yeah, it, it was yeah. so frustrating, but at least we got to the bottom of it. Double G didn't, um, didn't, uh, skip out on us last week. Double G didn't know he was supposed to be on the show because this is the only way I'd communicated with what I thought was him. And, uh, so yeah. So like we the- have the right person this week. What, we tested already. What Sam says might be true that 
this golfers are just giving you random numbers to get rid of you. <laughs> oh yeah, Terry. No, my number. No, I swear, I'm one of the few numbers that started with five five five. Yeah, exactly. Don't sweat it, Terry Bear. So maybe maybe that's exactly it. But in all seriousness, I uh, I apologize. Of course, I had no idea. I'm commu- communicating with a complete stranger and someone that went al- they went along with like, yeah, what time? Send me the link. Like, and we know the only thing you like to do with strangers is pick them up in your car. <laughs> yes, from not, the bus stop. Not communicate with them via text. <laughs> uh, so that is the scoop. But here we are. Uh, Owen Scoggins, again, is actually going to be joining us in a few moments. I have her actual uh, contact information, and we did already test, so we know that she'll be uh, here with us. But. Yes. We um, great weekend at the Disc Golf Pro Tour Match Play Championships. Of course, we're going to dive into that specifically with Owen, and we'll talk about the overall results. Also, very first day, PDJM Worlds is underway, and uh, we'll we'll briefly run over some of the uh, the I don't know the storylines or some of the results. It's kind of crazy to think about it. Just two divisions. Normally, when we think AM Worlds, because we're old, we think of like the thirty-eight possible divisions that can be there. There's at this world's right now taking place uh, in Evansville, Indiana, it's MA1 and FA1. Later, we're going to see a Junior Worlds and a, pro, and a Pro Masters Worlds and the Open Worlds or whatever you want to call it. But this weekend, MA1 and FA1. And uh, they're off and running, aren't they? They are off and running. And before we get Ona, we'll just briefly talk about uh, the highest rated player is not winning the event. He's in second. <laughs> 1,004 rated Aiden Scott is in second place, tied for second, actually. Um, I guess technically third. I'm sorry. Um, no, there's a three-way tie. Oh, a and B- I'm what sorry. I sorted, by, I sorted by A and B pool. That was my, I sorted by, uh, by par, and they've played different rounds. So let me sort by A pool. Um, actually, once you kind of sort. You- Are you sure they played uh, different? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's two pools. pools. There's two pools. Anyway. Shot a five down, but the seven down is the hot score right now. So we're we're kind of watching and seeing what's going to happen there. It's very early; anything can happen. But my, I mean, really, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on one of the thousand rated players to win. Yeah, and coincidentally enough, uh, and and I know this sounds cheesy, but the fact that I actually I know our two top competitors uh, filmed them two weeks ago at the U.S. Uh, Am Nationals uh, clearly mm-hmm. doesn't. Uh, surprise me not only obviously are they two of the highest rated players in the entire field but just to see their games and know how talented they are uh paul kranz along with uh peyton stamen um filmed both of them uh peyton was on the first round of the usa dgc coverage and then paul was on the second and third round and spoiler paul was part of a an epic playoff uh, at that event so and then let's see who our other competitors uh, can you do a, a control f is the key johnny what uh, is ilkin what? is who i'm looking for oh i l k yep can't be too far down i'm guessing ilkin grow unless there's another ilkin no no would be awfully random uh shot an unimpressive one under par i mean he's only 973 rated so odds are it's probably within his wheelhouse uh let's take a look at that it is a 981 rated round, so it's kind of right where okay. he, you would think he would be shooting. As we know with AM, sometimes the ratings, I don't want to say are not as accurate, but you see much greater growth in the AM division as players are coming up. So Ilkin 
maybe I don't know how long he's been playing. 973 shooting in 981. He is currently in 60th place. But I mean, you don't <laughs> go to an epic playoff for U.S. amateurs and not be a solid player. So we'll yeah. see where he ends up. Yeah. So uh, those are some of the names. And of course, some of the other names that I saw throughout the weekend, I'll be keeping an eye on those. Best of luck. And on the FPO side, we'll quickly touch on it. I, I'm going to go with the non-shocker of the year, if Johnny scrolls down uh, so we can confirm. The non-shocking news on the FPO side is, I believe, uh, she's either the outright leader or a co-leader. Yes, Jordan Linz. Um, I, I very much anticipate, again, one can just go straight to ratings as as one indicator, but Jordan and her sister, uh, Morgan, are... Um, Morgan's in fourth right now. Certainly going to be two of your top competitors that you'll find this weekend. Congratulations. I can't read them from here, Johnny. Read the other couple solid scores that are right there with them. Hannah Lengel uh, is in second place right now at four under par. Janelle Cole is at three under par in third place. Tied with Morgan at fourth place is Tina Beach at uh, two under par. So those are your top five scores right now. All right. So... uh, Getting to see them and watch them compete a few weeks ago. They've, uh, I'm sorry, a few months ago now. Uh, throw it on the mountain. Uh, there's no, no surprise that you're going to see them be very competitive at this Am Worlds, and then likely next week at the U.S. Women's as well. So, um, but I'm looking forward to a great battle. Whoever comes out on top, we'll be watching the scores all week. I'm going to continue uh, to to tune in each and every night. I know a couple of uh, gentlemen that have helped me out considerably. Both Paul and Dylan, they ran down there last night to Evansville, Indiana area, and they'll be covering the FA1 uh, lead cards from here on out. So coverage, uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be quite next day or just very close to next day. Coverage is going to be released for MA1 and FA1 action all week long. So check the PDGA channel for that. Yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. Uh, Somebody online had posted, I liked the old day, I saw this comment, I like the old days when Terry would just post a bunch of random tournaments on uh, on his channel. Oh, there's more coming. And that's what I had said. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, hold your horses, son. There are more of those in the bank. Trust me, Terry didn't stop doing that. It might, maybe it might feel like a lull, but there's been a few smaller ones that you have posted, uh, but there are plenty more where that came from. Yes, there are. There's more in the queue. In fact, we're just waiting on some final approval. We have it all put together for the uh, MHI, the Maple Hill Invitational, the one I went out to about a month ago. All footage has been edited. It should be all ready to go. Steve Dodge wanted to give it a once over and then get a couple more uh, ads that we're going to insert into that. And then those are going to be released. Uh, and that was also a pretty cool battle that took place out at Maple Hill. Anytime you go to Maple Hill, you're, of course, expecting to see some good fun golf that looks beautiful and that's exactly what we got so that's going to be one of the next things that they're sitting on the channel uh it's just a matter of what the exact release time and day so looking forward to it yes and we got a whole bunch of other stuff that's actually in the works i did talk to ace run productions i see them out on the board today uh i see them on the board right now uh ace run i know is also working their way up here to wisconsin and uh, going to be part of the u.s women's coverage plan next week as well so uh hopefully they're going to get all set i continue to watch the the copious amount of posts that are coming from the u.s women's facebook page where they're talking about all the different things that are going on all the opportunities for entertainment uh each and every single night today there was an update and a reminder about some of the newest rules that are in play at the uh, within the pdga so on and so forth i 
I just want to give a shout out. I think they're killing it out on the update pages in terms of uh, details for the U.S. women's. It's really ramped up in the last couple of weeks, and I feel like almost everything you need to know and then bonus information has been all made available out there. So make sure you go out and find that on Facebook if you're curious about what's going on for uh, next week. All right, so Owen says she is ready to go. Uh, she says now it's not working, so maybe we'll see if she just needs to hit a different button. Maybe and it says she's logged in. Uh, let me perhaps if double G pops up, I'm gonna, there's gonna be a... <laughs> okay, maybe not. Uh, but yes, we tested with own, so hopefully, uh, we'll see if we can get her up and uh, running here any second now. She says something's not working. Let's see if we can, as always, happen. have a reboot, close everything, open it, whatever she needs to do. Mm-hmm. Let me do that. Yeah. Even show you the preview shot of the last thing we saw from Owen <laughs> to prove that we did do our testing. No, we we really did. We expect her. All right. Right, uh, PDGA is clarifying some rules. There's been a discussion online about it's. It feels goofy, but there are. I mean, things that we need to clarify. Uh, one of which is: Can I take my disc, tuck the rim into of itself, and throw it like a ball? Mm. Uh, most commonly found with blowflies or gum putts are yes. the most common places where you'd find that. Super some soft. other super, yeah, some other super soft putters. But I think Matt Bell really kind of brought this concept. He did. To the forefront, and I don't need any old school people saying, oh, 33 years ago, so-and-so. I, I get it, but I'm just saying, in recent history, Matt Bell really brought this uh, to the forefront for people to see and know what we're talking about. And uh, what did they clarify, Johnny? The answer is, no, you can't. No, that's considered post-production modification, which alters the original flight characteristics of the disc. So you cannot do that in a PDGA event. Um, the other question is, if your disc goes OB, can you use the optional relief rule to mark your lie back now uh, instead of the one meter? And it says, yes, you can do that. Optional relief is available for free without adding a penalty stroke after a throw that results in a penalty throw and that is required and requires placement of a lie, such as an OB or two meter rule. So if the two meter rule is in effect and it provides an OB stroke and you need to take a lie drop, then you could take it back as far as you wanted. But other than that, if, if the two-meter rule is not in effect, you cannot do that because you did not take a penalty stroke. So it says, uh, if you reread it, it says optional relief is available for free with after a throw that results in a penalty throw and that requires oh, and requires placement of a lie. I was going to say, if I throw and then I just <laughs> scream and you give me a, 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 a courtesy uh, penalty... Then can I say, hey, no, no, now I can replace it wherever I want, but apparently, apparently no, not. Obviously not. Ah, uh, they thought about that. I'm on terrible. Oh, those guys. Here, here, I, I understand. This is a massive debate in a lot of different places going on about the rolling and tucking of the disc and, and being able to throw it like a baseball and modifications, as you just explained it. There is obviously a gray area that remains because you and I both know, Johnny, and again, we're going to go a little old school here. At one point, there was a disc called the Epic in which you were instructed 
to take said disc and and torque on it, like torque on it, bend you, it in a certain tweak, way, tweak it, tweak it, <laughs> sure, sure, to take said disc and actually bend it up or bend it out, and Don't then that would that would a little, adjust the flight characteristics. Um, that's what you're instructed to do. Now that's somewhat minor compared to what we're seeing by rolling up in a ball, but I feel like it's the same idea. And like, where do you get to draw the line? As to what is how much have you contortioned this piece of plastic? I, I just i I haven't dug into all of it, but it still feels like there's a a gray zone. And then at the end of the day, I guess you could say there's a an intent or a spirit of the rule to some degree. But mm-hmm. man, you you've got that beat up you you've got a you know your your favorite beat up Undertaker, and you're like man. I'd love it to be even a little less stable. Let me let me kind of yank on this a couple times. It's uh it's an interesting call, but that can be another argument for another day because right now I know a person who does not need to ball up her putter and throw it. Because she's a baller. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Owen Scoggins. Yeah. Hi, Owen. Hi, how you guys doing? Better now that you're here. Yes, thank you for your for your reset and your patience. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, tell, let, let's start with the basics. Where where are you at right now? Where are you coming to us from? Uh, I'm at uh, Deserve, uh Minneapolis. Uh, I stay with my friend's house, and I have the whole basement by myself, and so comfortable. Oh my god, beautiful! Yeah, Welcome I- home. Nice, some good air conditioning down there because it's a little toasty in the Midwest right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> how Big do you? Uh, I was just gonna say, how do you deal with when we're in the Midwest? Sometimes it can be really humid. Uh, it. How do you deal with that heat versus what you're used to in like the LA area, where obviously it gets hot, but it's a very different hot. Does it bother you? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like hot and dry. Here it's kind of like hot and humid. Um, it's kind of like uncomfortable when you like practice and you just kind of like sweat over the place, you know. Uh, but uh, I just try to have a lot of water and then maybe put the vitamin C on it and drink and then maybe try to go early practice round or like evening round to just. But you know what? The end of the day, who like can train yourself uh, to be all kind of a situation of the weather? Um, who and then that person probably gonna take advantage of everything in this golf. So train yourself. <laughs> I, I, exactly, you have to get used to it. And and speaking of Minneapolis and that area and and where you were just coming from, uh, fourteen hours. I think I looked once this weekend. It's fourteen hours in a car, at least, not for our DGPT crew, but uh, fourteen hours from Denver, roughly, to Minneapolis. When did you make the drive? Did you break it up? What? How did? How did you uh, get over to that area? Um. So, I stay overnight um, Sunday after the tournament. So I just kind of like stay in the city uh, for just celebrate uh, my win with my lovely husband. Uh, you know, I took him out for sushi and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you didn't. You then, didn't go drinking. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then early in the morning we um he flew home and then I flew here. I arrived oh. here yesterday, and then have a rental car and then just go straight to the course. 
practice one round like six o'clock, uh, six p.m. and then you know, uh, and then today went out early in the morning. So yeah, I I flew here. So <laughs> okay, so better, way better. I just assumed you were driving. I was gonna say that might have been one of my favorite points of the whole entire weekend after you won the dual interview with you and Joel and you talking about how you're going to be celebrating standing next to Joel, who doesn't feel like he's that type of celebrator. <laughs> like You're talking about a few drinks and this and that and sushi and Joel a little more reserved, I would say. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because every uh, match play after the round, uh, I'm just kind of like, you know, party um, with my friend, like, you know, uh, the horse how and then maybe a little bit with Lisa because Lisa doesn't like to drink much, but she's maybe one beer or one and a half. <laughs> but I like to like maybe two or three, you know, and then just like hang out and and then I pay pool, you know. Uh, our host would make us a dinner every night and so amazing. Um, and, you know, I like to be like enjoy after the round. Uh, that's, this is who I am. And But I drink, but I'm very... Uh, responsibility on the next day also, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but I don't think any, you, you absolutely embody and define and epitomize work hard mm-hmm. and play harder. Like you, you do both and you do both with 110%, right? You work hard, <laughs> but you play hard yeah. too. Like you, you enjoy yeah. yourself as you should, right? Yeah, of course. Um, You know, it's crazy. Uh, So, the day I have to play with Lisa, maybe like top final four, um, I was like too much party with my husband and the horse and my friends. And I was quite a little bit drunk. And then I went to bed like 7.30 and not even have dinner. <laughs> um, you know, And but the next day somehow I was still playing good. But the next day I wake up early and I just go practice hard, putt, putt. Up, up shot, you know, like, and go dry. And, um, like I said, play hard, practice hard, and having fun and serious in the same time. <laughs> so, and beat, pe- and beat people half your age. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best part. I'm probably the most oldest out there. I'm, I, I'm 41. Also. Yeah, I, I think I, all people <laughs> young, yeah. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. in the FPO and MPO division, you might have been the most experienced or or uh, the eldest of them all. But no, <laughs> nobody would really know that or or uh, expect that even. <laughs> what what determines if Justin is at an event with you or not? Because it, I feel like we see him a lot, but not all the time. What what events does he go to? Why does he go to certain ones and not others? Um, because he have to working so much, um, so pretty much like he cannot, um, so sometimes when he go with me, he have to take day off. He have to take day off from work. So he could not take too much day off like the whole year because he work regular, like five day, like Monday through Friday, like six, seven hour a day. So it's so hard for him to take it day off to traveling with me like monday or friday that's why she have he have to pick like which one he can take a day off and come with me so that's why last week um he take maybe monday and and thursday off and then this week he cannot come with me because he's he have to be safe um the vacation day to go to my other big tournament so he want to go <laughs> 
I know. I wish he come in me every tournament. I love this man so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's so awesome watching you too because. Uh, the the way that I've seen him walk around and support you throughout all of the years that I've known you guys has it's always so I don't know adorable. Uh, it's it's just so great. You can see how much that you really enjoy each other, and he always he's a lot like you. He almost always has a smile on his face, uh, no oh, matter what's calming. happening. It's he's I, I, very calm person. Yeah. I love watching you guys in the background because you, you never know what you're going to catch. I remember one weekend we were watching, you were sitting there with your arm around him and suddenly you like, like started rubbing his belly or patting his belly. There there was another point where I think you hit a big putt and he kissed you and you grabbed his backside. Is that okay for TV? Uh, Owen gets a little frisky, okay, but it's it's fun. Um, it's so much fun. I would never change anything about it. I love watching. I, I always yeah, keep my eye um, on you in the background. So this year, this year, like the end of this year is out 15 years together. And 15 years with someone is a long time, but I never feel that long with him. Like mm, yep. we enjoy every moment with each other. We love each other so much. Like I, like in, in my eye, no one like, just cute and handsome, a perfect like in this world. Just it's him, it's him only in my eyes. So, um, and then that's why I so adore him. I love him, and every time here and there, I forget I'm on the tournament. I just look at him. I'm like, man, I'm so adore you. You know, I love you, and I want to give him a hug and kiss. You know, sometimes I make a big part. I'm so happy. I want to enjoy that moment with him. I, I mean, I should. I somebody like call me. Hey, I saw you guys like kiss each other in the camera. That is not, you know. I said, "Oh, I'm sorry." Yeah, sometimes I forget, you know. <laughs> no way. Care. Never be sorry. Ne- never if, be sorry. If uh, uh, yes, you yeah. should always be happy, and if that's what makes you guys happy. So, did you guys yeah. d- did you guys meet through disc golf? Uh no. Actually, he went to traveling in Laos, and then he we met each other at the restaurant. Um, so, and then, you know, I moved to U.S. with him and then he taught me how to play this golf. When I turned almost 28, I'm um, probably at 28, um, I start to play this golf. And yeah, I, he, he taught me how to play, so. Wow. Okay. I, I didn't know that. I just, I've always seen him and always known you guys together, but I, I guess I, I never knew the story. So that's really interesting. Uh, who's, yeah. I mean, if you guys go out and play, let's say he's, he's a hundred percent healthy and you guys go out to the course and play who's, who's beating who? Uh, well, most of the time is me. Okay. <laughs> most of the time I beat him because he is, um, the master of Side arm roll, backhand roll, here and there, but hard to control. Like, he's mm. go over the place. And I just kind of like small throw, but I hit the gap and I make the putt. So most of the time I got him quite often. And But, you know, he's, but if he 100%, I think he going to beat me very often from now on. I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> We're going to put some money on each other. <laughs> I'm like, hey, $50. <laughs> well, we see what happens. <laughs> we see what happens when we put money on it. You yeah. seem to win. You had, you took you took home 10 yeah, grand this weekend. $10,000. No <laughs> He's uh, on his bank already. No. <laughs> no, no, um, um, we like to put money with each other. Sometimes just me and him, like we say, hey, you want to do like a $50 per round? 
you know, he said, yeah, let's do it. And then who lose and just like pay dinner, but we save money anyway. So <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> I yeah, I I tell this story all the time that when I first met you or even heard of you, it was with Steve Rico and the Legacy guys, and they always said that you were always hustling and playing putting games with anybody and everyone at the course or at a putting league or something, and you were always the toughest person to beat. And we're talking about the, other the entire. Like yeah, men or women didn't matter. Yeah, you were you were always hustling and putting people up, uh, you know, for some money and just taking money out of people's hands left and right. That's that was how I was first ever heard your name, and here we are, fifteen years later, and it still seems like it's perfectly true. Yeah, um, when I first start, or maybe even um, play for like four or five years. I like to do that. You know, sometimes we have a tournament and then they kind of like have a putting contest. And my husband, he is the only one just like, babe, you need to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll buy it and then you, you should do it. I'm like, no, babe, come on. It's so many people. It's a man and woman there. He said, no, you can't do it. I, he's, he's the one is like pushed me to this situation. But, but when the more I do it, the more I comfortable and I start to win here and there more with the putting contest, even with the man on it. I'm like, you know, it make me like more and more comfortable and all confident. You know, I'm like mm-hmm. that's why I, I like to do that. So because my husband he pushed me too. So in uh, speaking of of pushing you and maybe an earlier own, one day I'm gonna go through some old tapes and I'll I'll have to see how many times you were very shy to talk to me <laughs> and to be in front of a camera for for anything. Like I just wanted to have a a quick interview. And you you were hesitant, you were shy, you were worried about it. You've yeah. fair to say you've come a long way, and and that wasn't just me, yeah. right? You you were you were nervous to to really speak in front of any cameras for a while, and now it feels like yeah, now it feels like you should have your own show. I mean, you know what? You're absolutely right because I'm just scared of camera. Like I cannot even play in front of the camera, <laughs> and when the camera just like try to talk to me, I'm like nope, nope, nope. I'm I'm scared. Like my English is bad, and I probably don't understand what you guys asking. And you know, uh, it's come a long way. I I understand here and there. You know, sometimes I don't understand, but I talk anyway. So <laughs> people probably know me. Like sometimes they ask me the question, and then I answer something else. You know, so that's you guys know I don't understand the question, but hey, bear with me. I... Um. Your own show? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to make people crack or pee on the pen, you know, because <laughs> I may, because I may say something that is like at all or just too like don't you know what I'm saying? Like they might be like, what on is talking about? You know? That's the but maybe that's the best part. I like I, th- this is what this is now what we want. We need another Smashbox show, it, the own show where right. just you where you interview other FPL players and just see if we can see if you can make them wet themselves. I mean, that's right. really what it comes or, down to. Or just like maybe make the choice like try to understand this woman talking, whatever. You know? <laughs> or just like guess what. You know? 
what uh, one of my favorite memories uh, recently this year, and you said it again the other day, uh, when we were on the tee of hole number one, and I also think back to being at Vista del Camino, and the women were uh, were clarifying with you how to say slippery. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I think that's not one of your favorite words, but you were, you were getting yeah. it down and, uh, yeah. it was, it was on camera and it was absolutely hilarious because yeah. like you said, you're, you're just being you and everyone yeah. goes along with it and enjoys it as we should. Yeah. It's, so it's I awesome. think a lot of time I just, I just say some word is doesn't make sense, you know, because it's my English, it just Sometimes it's just so hard to even say the word. But I think people understand here and there. This is who I am. Like they probably guess, oh, maybe she probably tried to say this word. And even sometimes I totally say a wrong word and no one correct me. I'm like, why no one correct me? They say, this is who you are. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're just going to let me speak like a wrong word all the time. Uh, <laughs> but they love it. <laughs> again everybody know if we know what you're talking about and you use it yeah. you know the a wrong word or whatever i mean you're still getting your point across and that's what matters is you know we yeah. we understand what you're trying to say and it's no big deal at all uh we we love uh-huh. how you embrace it but you've definitely gotten more comfortable and everybody loves that so yeah. specifically about putting and i know i kind of talk about it a lot we all talk about your putting a lot how did you develop though the putting style that you have because a lot of people will say i don't understand how it's so accurate it's it's so wobbly but mm-hmm. yet you're so good with it like wh- how did that style even come about at all um because i putt every day and then somehow when i release my putt i lock my my grip or what do you call this one wrist your wrist, your wrist yeah lock yeah, I'm not floppy here and there, like, not like this. I just, like, smash it like that. Every time I do it, and it, and then it used to, and my muscle memory, every kind of thing, you know. Um, but, and also, like, when you're putting so much, you know what you're doing, and then it's make your muscle is relaxed. When you relax, you release 100%. When you intense, you, when you're nervous with your putt, it's just kind of like make your body or muscles just like not release 100%, just like, uh, uh, you know, like, but for me, like, because I practice so much and just kind of like relax my muscle, my wrist is strong. I, you know, when I release the same thing all the time, over oh, like a thousand times. And then leg also, you know, my leg is just like back and forth, like a rocking back and forth and just do the same motion every day. And so, yeah, that's why um, just all the memory, um, muscle memory, and everything do all the time, just automatic. When when I'm releasing my part, I know it's crazy. It's like bubble. I try not to like not bubble, but I don't know what to. You know, like I see people putting this so straight. I'm like, how can you guy do that? Mine would just like like this, like a bird fly. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> you're well, going after the birdies. I'm like, I know it's in, but man, I want to like flat and in snap. Like I want to looking cool like that, but I was like, it's in, but it's floppy, but it's in. So I'm like, I don't know the, how to fix that. <laughs> no, don't change anything about your putt ever. No, no, no. no. And and yeah. I think of someone like like Yeti, like you know Jay Redding, who also his wobbles a little bit more. My, my putt wobbles a lot. I'm not on the level you guys are, but. 
his putt wobbles quite a bit as well. And he's a very, he's one of the best putters that we've ever seen. So, you know, there's a, if it works, don't mess with it, right? Yeah. I just feel like this is the, even the first time I start to play, it's always come out like that. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I see maybe not much men and women putt bubble, probably just only me, like bird fly, you know. (laughs) But I see a lot of women, they're just flat. They're just so smooth. I'm like, man, one day. One day, but well. uh, you know what? As long as that putt go and make ten grand, right? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if that putt. I don't care if that putter flips upside down and does a dance before it goes in the basket. Right? As long you, as it goes in. As long as go in the basket, and I just gonna stand just like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need that on a disc. Like, yes. I think I'm going to yeah. screenshot this and I'm going to get that on a disc from own. Uh, so <laughs> um, are you surprised? Because another thing you say uh, often when we talk to you, just like you said, you practice and then you practice some more. And when you're tired or you're lazy, you go out and you practice some more. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised or maybe even frustrated that more golfers MPO or FPO that they don't go do you think they're not better because they're not practicing enough like are you surprised um, because there's a lot of people that could be better putters should they be practicing you know more? what you know what I, I have a same question as you because you don't know like uh, people lifestyle you know like I don't know who like my lifestyle like, I, I love to pra- practice a lot but maybe some people lifestyle, maybe they practice a lot, but it's just mental. Still, mm. even they practice so hard, but when they go to the course and then their mental, it's just like not strong enough. That can cause the putting, like not, not make it much also. But also some people might just like too tired to practice. Mm. And then that can show when you play. And or, or, they, yeah. or they practice different things. Maybe they maybe they don't yeah, consider putting be. as important. Maybe they're working on forehands yeah. or backhand drives or distance. Yeah. We've, we've seen it's a lot of courses. Like we've seen a lot of courses yeah, where distance why, seems to be an advantage. Right. Some people maybe just practice the drive. And then, you know, and then when the putter, they're just like, hey, you know, I'm tired. Maybe Maybe another time. I don't know because people lifestyle is just so different, and and I, I, I'm I'm not traveling with the, with them, so I don't know what they're doing. Like, but I think, but I believe people are working hard nowadays because people want to working for like the big paycheck, and and you know a good contract. I feel like people put a lot of hour on it right now. So yeah, I will politely disagree with you. I, I here's what I'll say: they're clearly mm-hmm. not work like. This isn't a secret. You have proven that practicing your putting, and even if you don't throw far, practicing your putting can be the ultimate equalizer. It's said all the time. That's that's not news. And the best finishers are always going to be the best putters. So get better at putting. I mean, you you have proven that time and time again, and then... Everyone's like, how do you do it? And you say, I practice. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to skip that or well, I'm you, just not going to improve on it. Like, you need to practice. Like, you, you need good practice and you need to make sure that you're 
practicing the right thing. I mean, we've seen people, I'm going to pick on Yuli here. We've seen Yuli go through three, four, five different types of putting styles in one round, in in one round, in, in a few seasons. And if you don't, if you're not consistent and I, Yuli, I know you've picked a putting style now, but in the past, um, (laughs) if you keep changing it or if the putt just isn't a solid putt, I mean, we see double G go through big streaks and his putt, when his putting is on, Oh my gosh, it's great. When he's off, that putt, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of wiggle room with his putt. If he's off, he's gone. I feel like with Own, there's a little bit more wiggle room where if you're just a little off, sometimes they fall, sometimes they don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I don't change my putting not at all fall as when yeah. I the day one I start. I never change. I always keep the same style I am and then just on top of that, just practice putt every day. Um so I don't know. I see some people chain like high zip part here and there, or um, maybe like trotter part. I don't know. But I practice trotter part, but it's not my main. But that one is just for practice on when my my putter or my disc under the tree, so I can just still make that part even I have trotter. Um, but I keep on just the same routine or just stick on my my putting style and don't chain. You know. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. So I let me know what you guys think out there. You know, all the players. I want to know, like, is there, no. you know, anybody practice hard out there or just, you know, so. No, they should be calling you. Below. They should be, they, they, yeah, comment below. They should be calling you to find out yeah. what your putting routine is. Do you have a specific, <laughs> do you have a specific routine that you go through? Do you start close, work your way back? Do you putt so many times a night or do you just putt in your free time? Is it just, I'm going to go out and throw a hundred putters or do you actually have like a set routine you go through? Yeah. So I, doesn't matter. Like if I have time in the morning, I do in the morning or daytime or nighttime, you know, as long as I have time on that moment. And sometimes when I'm at home, I have like a big stack of putter and then I go like a 30 minutes. It can be like two or 300 putt a day. Or if I'm not lazy, I can do more like 400, 500, whatever. But um, but I like to do short, like 20 feet, and then 30, 35, and then jump pot, and then back and forth. But I always, like, start from 20, you know, com- comfortable with 20, and then move to 30, 35, jump pot, and then just do like that, back and forth, back and forth. Because, like I said, like, most of the time, I'm not missing a short part much because I practice them, not just only, oh, I'm just going to be practice only, like, 30 feet or outside. No, 20 feet is the most, like, scary people. Most of us, like, 20 feet is the most, like, losing face. That's why we <laughs> that's why we think too much, and then we might miss more if we not practice part. So, hey, don't be, you know, like I said, 20 feet, even 15 doesn't matter, you know, just just nail those putts before you move to 25 on 30. Yeah, I, I think okay. there's something about the confidence of making a shorter putt, watching it going, feeling how good that is, and then backing up a few feet, and then just learning to give yourself a little bit more power as you back up, but you're probably using a similar throw, release, stance, all of that type of thing, and it's just backing up and adding a little bit more power to it. That's... Well, it makes total sense. If you're not comfortable with 15 to 20 to even 25, you're not going to be comfortable further out because you're not going to want to miss. 
We've seen right. we've seen players that get scared of going past the basket, and they always putt short, which doesn't give them a chance. You have to be confident that even if you do miss, if the wind picks up or you're just off a little, you're going to hit that 15 foot comeback because that's what right. I right. think. That's where people get scared. Yeah, that's that's how I think um, I win the match also because I'm not I'm not scared to like make the putt back. That's why I run. I I, I make like long jump high. I doesn't care if I miss like 20, 25. I know I have like 80% chance I can make it come back. Like that's why it's different. If you're not comfortable with your putt, like when you already in here, you're not comfortable, that putt is not going to go in. That's how different from, um, you know what, who is very good putt. I putt, I play with Wari Manuhano. Mm-hmm. Woo. That yeah. woman is, Act is so hard. That's why you can see she nailed all the putt. Mm-hmm. One day I'm gonna grow up and be like her. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm she's be like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she's played very well the uh, last few weekends as well. It was too bad we didn't see her at the match play. Are are you surprised by bad putting? Like, are you surprised to see people and you just think? Why don't you practice more? Um, because like you said, there's Um, a lot of money. I mean, and I understand people are busy, but this is a full time job for now dozens of people. Your number one goal is to get that frisbee into that metal basket. It feels like Mm -hmm. whatever it takes to get better at that should be what you're focused on. If assuming you want a better payout and you want to win tournaments. So that's why I say, are you surprised people aren't working harder on the green? Um, you know what? It's, 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 it's so weird because um, I'm not going to say who. I see this person cut and practice so hard, like every day, this, this person. And, and she, she make it all in. Like she make it like 85% when she practice. But when she play, she just could not make the cut. I think it can be mental game also. Even sometimes you practice so hard, and then when you play in the tournament, your mental game just not ready, and then you just not make the putt. And uh, or some people just not doesn't like to practice. So that's why it's two two reason. One just doesn't like to practice, and one just like mental game practice hard, but mental game not there yet. So I don't know. Okay, okay, fair enough. There's some you you. 100% right. There is definitely some people that maybe do put in the time, but for whatever reason, but, it doesn't It doesn't yeah, translate I, I, when also, they get into game time. Yeah, and also, I, I totally understand you because this is our job right now. Mm-hmm. It's our job. You need to train yourself just like normal job, like eight hour practice. Um, like eight hour, you, you put in it. You put hard work on it, whatever is going to get done on, on to make your game better, so you have to do it like I need to practice throw far because my padding is okay. My up shot is okay. I have side arm backhand. I just have to like change my form. And so far, I just so stupid. <laughs> Not there yet, but I'm a little bit here and there. My, my distance is getting better every year, but, but I work hard on it, you know, so I don't know. So um, just keep work hard, guys. We just need to train ourselves to be. This is our job right now. 
if you want to make a big paycheck in the future, we need we need to put everything on it. So I feel. So speaking of this last weekend, the success that you had out there, talk to us about the course. Did you enjoy playing there? What did you think of playing at Elevation? Did you find it really tough? Uh, you know, now that you played, because I'm guessing that's the highest uh, elevation you've played at, probably. Um, what What did you think? Um, the course is fair, you know, the, the mm-hmm. course is fair. They have some long, some technical, um, but it's, it's very tired. <laughs> like, I feel like it's make me look like a 60 years old up there, you know. <laughs> I walk a little bit up here and I was out of breath. I'm like, breathe very loud. I was, oh my God, so embarrassed right here. What's going on? But, um, you know, um, it just kind of make you feel weird up there. Your body, like, just kind of weird, and, you know, you're out of air very easy, and mm-hmm. you just, of course, fly like crazy, and your padding chains out there, so I have to, like, adjust my pad a lot out there. And you know what? It's crazy. Um, when I am go up there, I'm not practice the low basket. I always practice the high basket every day, not low basket, because I know in this high uh high attitude mm-hmm. your this your putting is gonna drop so fast that's why i'm not even thinking to putting in a normal basket so me and lisa we always put in the high basket every day like that all day so mm. it's help it's help because my my putter never drop uh early like it's always gonna be like high and quite perfect every well- time so yeah, your putter, did it even touch the ground? Did it ever get dirty? I mean, I feel like every time you threw your putter, it went in, didn't it? I mean, probably secret from now on. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go high attitude, don't putt in the low basket, only high basket. So to train yourself to putt high, not putt low. Thanks me later. <laughs> 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 you know owns owns pro tips. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, she was ninety. Let's put it this way, and I know these stats are a little tough because it's match play and there's pickups and this and that. But it says here you were ninety four percent in circle one. So which meant you made uh, fifteen out of sixteen. F- f- yeah, fifteen out of sixteen putts. That were that was it officially scored as putts. I mean, it, it's obviously it's hard to tell other ones because, like we said, you know, you might pick up in this and that. So maybe with a grain yeah. of salt on this, but I would say that's relatively accurate based on what I recall. Yeah, um, I just feel like every round I'm probably just like miss one putt or two the most. Like even two is kind of like um, some of them was outside, but some of them mm-hmm. was maybe thirty. Probably one or two the most. Like I miss for every round. Uh, sometimes, sometimes just one, one, uh, one part per, per round. Sometimes just none. Like depend, like um, depend on how I put or windy, you know. Sometimes, uh, but um, yeah, my putting is pretty on like all week. Uh, or even even some tournament, if my putting was not on, probably the most meets probably three for me <laughs> per round. That's yeah. probably like a lot for me already. Um, but. Here, here, and that's gonna happen, you know. If 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 I putt very bad, I'm probably go home and not treat myself any food because I'm so mad with myself. <laughs> Maybe no, no food for you. You putt bad today. 
Uh, it. We also see that you had 13, is that the number, Johnny? 13 putts that you made. Oh, I'm sorry, six. Six, six. six out of 13, but you had six circle two putts on the weekend. That dropped in for 32%. So she was actually six out of about 19. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty impressive as well, uh, making six. How do you feel about circle two putts? Obviously, you're, you're so accurate, but does... Ask her competition how they feel about circle two. <laughs> yeah, <puns. laughs> and I know like one of the longest ones was outside of circle two even uh, during that final round. But how do you feel about circle two putts? Are you, do, do they excite you? Do you like the the challenge of a circle two putt? Yeah, I I like it because it's a bonus. You know, um, if I make it, it's a bonus. If I if I'm not make it, I'm not lose face mm. because it's outside. So. Owen might have locked up here. Yeah, looks like um, we'll have to see what we can do. Uh, Hopefully her phone didn't die or something Yeah, that would that uh, be a possibility. I will send her a message. We'll see if she gets that or not. Um, but yeah, likely. If she, if she pops back on, we'll... Or when she pops back on, hopefully we'll we'll get her set up. So maybe she, she might just have to plug in her phone or something along those lines. But yeah, it was interesting because Owen had said during her interview, she literally talked about uh, Ella Hansen and how nervous she looked putting. Like you don't see that very often, uh, a competitor kind of critiquing another competitor. Mm. But you 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 know in Owen's in Owen's own way, um, she talked about how tentative Ella looked, and she was completely right. Yeah, I think we we got the 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 semifinals where the drivers versus the putters, in which you had uh, Ella Hansen and Natalie Ryan. and Natalie Ryan versus Lisa Fakus and Owen Scoggins. So clearly, one had to move on from each. So we got to see Owen Scoggins and. Ella Hansen, and it was a, a true driver versus putter. And we, we saw what happened. I mean, I'll say Ella didn't drive horrible. She wasn't phenomenal by any means. I think she had a few glitches there, but, but Owen was just really consistent. And I really liked this course for FPO. Yeah. If you go back and one of the things that I like to do is kind of look back at the, the course and look for birdies, which which holes didn't have birdies for the women? Because you can usually find three, four, five of them that have one birdie or just may- maybe two or three. This course, when you looked at the first round with all the women playing, it was a lot of good separation. And I don't know if there was a hole that wasn't birdied. May- maybe 18? 12, I guess, technically. It's the, 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 the last hole. I, I yeah. didn't. I would have to go back and look for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like twelve was birdied particularly by any person. A lot, a lot of threes out there for ones that did get there. Even. Sure. So, yeah, I I totally agree with you, and that's probably something that jumps out at me more often than not, especially when I end up finding myself doing uh, nightly recaps of any given event. One of the things that when you're looking at the entire U disc, uh, uh, I don't patterns not the word I'm looking for the entire spreadsheet of UDISC after a day of golf has been had, whether it's an MPO or FPO, there's, to me at least, and I'm not always that bright, but sometimes just things jump off the page at you. And when you see 
2% of an entire field getting a birdie or 0% or, you know, 67% of the field bogeying a hole. Then you start to think about is the tee in the right spot? Is the basket in the right spot? Is the, is just flat out the distance correct for the field that, that it's, that, uh, uh, had played it? Like those are all the questions that at a relatively high level I start to go through and think about. Um, and so as you're saying, lots of, smattering of birdies throughout the course and that that certainly does say something yeah and yeah i I love seeing it exactly that um one of the things and maybe we can ask owen if she returns she's trying to log in right now there she is yeah uh well you can ask her what were you gonna ask her i I can ask her then uh we're gonna we're gonna carry on and just i'm gonna go right to the next question here owen and just say match play how do you feel about the format? Did you like it? And and would you change anything? The format? The um, format of no, match I like, play. I really like it. I really like it because this is my first time I get in white. So I feel like the Pro Tour do great, do great job. Um, I, I feel like it's very fair uh, for everyone, you know, because uh, um. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to do it, but I feel like it's it's fair for everyone, and and then the the course is kind of like set up like for both long throw and and short throw. Um, I mean, and they treat us very well. I'm I'm probably not gonna change anything, especially on win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say, do do you enjoy the format because you get to look at a woman and just beat one woman at a time and then rub it in or do you like to beat the whole field at once here it felt more personal when you got to beat them didn't it <laughs> uh i mean either one i think either one probably <laughs> either one is is um you know i'm 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 go there for play so doesn't matter like if they want to do like one in time or <laughs> one by one i i feel like um yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of easy, you know. I'm easy. I'm just whatever they they, they plan. But I enjoy I, I enjoy to like beat one by one until you go to the top two. I I, I feel like I like that one. Was but, it awkward um, at all the night after you the the night you won going back to the host your host and sitting there next to uh, Lisa Lisa Fakus who you just crushed. Was that awkward at all? Like, hey, oh. sorry. I mean, Lisa got a, a decent paycheck as well, so that was nice, but not 10K. No, no, uh, not at all, because we are a great friend, and um, I love her. She loves me. We push each other. Um, I always make sure she practice. I'm always, hey, Lisa, let's come on out. Let's uh, <laughs> practice part. She's like, okay, I'll be right there. Or sometime when I'm lie down and she go practice like she was hey on are you ready like come on you know <laughs> uh, we love each other um we practice with each other a lot and and you know what um even i beating her because she's such a good person and very positive and she's so happy for me and i talked to herself too if she beat me i'll be like right there with her i'll be like sharing her and happy for her and because we all get paid and pair her more than you know i i i, I pair her extra you know <laughs> don't get me wrong because she's my friend you know she deserves a little bit more money so i make a deal with her so okay. she's happy <laughs> wow uh yeah 
I, I don't think this is a, too awkward of a question, but if if there was the biggest FPO doubles tournament in the world, and it was next week, and it was mm-hmm. it was doubles, who who do you feel like would be the best partner for you? If you were going to pick a partner and you could have any FPO player in the world and it was doubles, who 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 would you pick for you? Ooh, that is a hard question for me. Okay. I don't want those. I'm not pick them as get mad or upset on me. But can I pick two or just sure, one? Sure, sure, sure. Let let's say okay. one is your um, one's a pick and one's a backup. If you were gonna go play in the biggest FPO doubles uh, tournament in the world, PSP and Tata. Okay, well, I mean to be fair, <laughs> yeah. those are those aren't you know uh, crazy picks by any means. I mean you're talking about the two <laughs> highest rated women in the world that also throw far yes. and putt well. So I, I don't yes, think you're offending anyone. That. <laughs> because I need like the throw far to help me and I'll help them with the upshot and putting, you know, like they're so good. So if you have to pick the best one, I'm probably yeah, pick two of them for sure. Okay. Um, you know what? Depend on the course though. Depend on the course. Mm-hmm. If the course is just very technical, uh, I might be just pick the technical one, you know, so depend on the, the course out there instead of, Okay, that's I. You answered it perfectly. I don't think it's a question I normally ask, but I, knowing <laughs> where your strong suit is, like you're you're so deadly with a putter. Uh, I was just kind of interested as to who you would see yourself partnering up with. Are you playing mixed doubles at Worlds? Uh, of course, when you with an MPO player, are you playing mixed uh, doubles? You mean for this year? Yeah. Um. I get asked. I get asked for um, uh, to to pair up with um, the 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 male, mm-hmm. but I could not do it. Because I'm so busy every every year before work. I always have so many things to do, so many practice, and and um, it's the end of the day, I'm just so tired, and I feel like I don't wanna um do extra, okay. extra um extra practice um um i just feel like i want to put all my hour to do just practice for prepare myself to work i don't want to um because i just feel like i want to prepare myself like my mental game for just work on, only not for the double um yeah so i Are, yeah i don't know I, I i never do it and then this year you're going to be playing in pro masters worlds i assume right Yes, you guys <laughs> uh, see me there. Yeah, so tell me, tell us about that. How excited are you to go play? That's going to be in Peoria, and uh, you have to feel good about your chances. I mean, you're you you've got to be one of the favorite people uh, for playing and performing well there, right? Um, you know what? Welcome to Star Holcomb. She's going to play with us this year, uh-huh. so it's going to make us very interesting this year. Um. Uh, but uh, we have Jennifer Allen, Sarah Holcomb, yep. and Juliana Stephanie. is the next highest rated at nine forty one. Yes, and then Stephanie Vincent five out of, of Texas. Yes, five of them. They can they can like beat me any day, any time if I'm not practice hard out there. 
So, but I'm very exciting. So I have like more, I'm probably looking for like 60% chance I, I can took it down. Um, if I'm, you know, but like I said, if my mind not set on the right time or right moment, I might be sleep out here and then that's going to be a problem for me on if I'm not set myself very well. Uh, but I'm very exciting. So I cannot wait the couple months, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. then uh, I see Elaine King, Melody Bailey and Natalie Holokoy. Yeah. Uh, Sandy Hendel. So all women we've been seeing in the FPO division for quite a few years as well. But that should be pretty exciting. And that's less than a month away as well. You're going to be yeah. still in the Midwest for that down in Peoria and uh, looking forward to seeing you compete there as well. Do you mm-hmm. is it only some of our majors in the age protected that you'll go play those events? Some of the age protected majors like the Pro Masters and the Tim Selinski um yeah, is that the only time you'll uh, you'll play in the Masters? Because like next week at the U.S. Women's, you're going to play in FPO, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm looking for just two for now because they major, and I like to do less the most I can on the forty. So I want to still complete with the um, no FPO um, because I feel like I still can do it. You know, I still can do it, and then I still can. Uh, Complete with that. I'm not like out of, <laughs> you know, if I'm like top like 30, 40 all the time, I'm like, bye, lady, I'm gonna jump only 40. But I feel like I still like, still like top 15 almost every tournament. So that's why I'm just gonna stick on this side. And then just top, top 15, you, you took 18th at <laughs> Vegas. Other than that, uh-huh. seventh or better. Seventh yeah. or better. So don't give me this top 15 crap. You are like, you are legitimately <laughs> a top 10, if not a top five player right now in our sport. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes I forget, like, you know what? You're right because the last Vegas, the last Vegas, I, I was like, I forget I'm awesome. Yeah. I was like, I kick ass. 18, I'm like, what the hell? You know, I'm top 18, but on that time, I was very happy. <laughs> On that time, I was very happy because even now they like top ten, top fifteen, so hard. But top eighteen, I'm kind of, eh, you know, it's not too bad, but it's not that good also. And but seeing that, I'm just kind of like, you know, I step up more and more. Um, I guess maybe hard work pay off. But I try. Um, this weekend it's gonna be tough for me to make top ten, though. I feel like because the court was so long. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, just like, like deep, Portland, yeah, right? Deep, Oh, this is way longer than Portland. Like, yeah. yeah. Portland, like, long, but not that long. But this one is, like, some of them was, like, a 1,000 feet. Um, But, like I said, I'm not scared of the long course. You know, I come here for play. Um, I'm just going to play smart, I guess. Like, par 5, I try to hit 5. Par 4, try to get 4, maybe birdie. And then anything is, like, too scary or risk, I'm just going to play safe. And, but... If I make top 10 this weekend, would be great for me. So I'm not thinking about win because our world champion is back. Like, you know, we have um, Tata, we have people from Finland, we have Pace Peer, we have Cat. Like, the top, top is here. So I feel like top 10, you should be proud and happy. So. It's funny because everyone's been talking about Tatar coming back, but she's not on the registration list and the PDGA right now. 
Interesting. Oh. So, so I, I mean, I, but I know that Mo has prepped and uh, we, we do a lot of pre-work for the broadcasts and stuff. And he and everyone is saying how Tatar's coming back. But right now, you're the third highest rated player behind Paige Pierce and Katrina Allen. So, you know what? It's funny because I didn't see her at the course also. Because when Tata here, my eye radars always see her because I always like, oh my gosh, she throws so good. She's <laughs> out there, you know. But I didn't see her yet. I But I hope she's coming because so we can see a very good mm-hmm. golf this weekend, like very good com, com, uh, competition out there. Uh, I hope she's coming, you know. Um, otherwise, like I said, like, this court is just so big for me, and a lot of people I cannot reach it. But like I said, if I still play smart enough, so I should be top ten. I think top ten is is very good for me because I want I really want to get invited to pro tour at the end of this year. So I'm I'm up there. I'm up there. So I try not to sleep yeah. down too much. And, well, yeah, know, I don't right, think you have invited. to worry about that right now. Yeah, right honestly. now you're in seventh. <laughs> you're in seventh yeah. place in the disc golf pro tour standings. I of course you have great yeah you've got great competitors but I don't see you slipping outside of the top eight or the top twelve or sixteen or whatever it might be. Um, In in fact, of course, I uh, you've got a little bit of room to move up. So yeah, I I you're doing you're doing pretty darn good work. What? uh, So you kind of just touched on it, but how would you describe this weekend's course? You said it's long, but how else would you describe the course out at the preserve this weekend? What can people expect when they watch you play? Um, people are going to probably expect me to just like, um, you know, just play safe. Um, just, just probably just like they, here's the thing. Like I'm probably not going to win this. <laughs> I'm probably not going to win it, but I try to do the best I can to be the, you know, the, the most high I can. Um, and, and I love the course. I love the course. I think Kale and everyone just, do a fantastic job you know just, this is huge and they they do the best they can and and then the court is just so many kind of long some technical some up and down we have everything in include uh on top of that we have a 35 my win this weekend so <laughs> oh really it's yeah, supposed to be get, windy this weekend get ready, like oh yeah this like yesterday i went there i'm looking for like 30 and then today probably like some sometime like hit like thirty five mile, like like I practice with um Sammy and Natalie Ryan and they both throw max and it's turn and roll for them <laughs> in the headwind. Wow! I'm like good luck, people. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, you have to like throw in the wind and then sometime the pond, the water in front of the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in in front of the basket, and then on top of that, we have to putt in the wind. Woo! I mean, uh, yeah, there's everybody game. Like I said. There's a lot of open space on that course, right? I mean, there's a lot of fairways yeah. where there's not too many trees or woods to block uh, any kind of wind. Mm-hmm. So if we're gonna see twenty five, thirty, thirty five mile an hour winds, it's definitely gonna affect the scores quite a bit this weekend for sure it does look yeah. like it's supposed to, the yeah. wind is supposed to die down a little bit look looking we're looking at maybe 15 Good. about 15 mile an hour tops is what it's saying but who knows Good. Good. <laughs> because it's happened two days out this was like roll over the place and and i mean it's windy so much uh 
it's, it's crazy. I hope it's like 15. I'll be like big smile on my face, like, thank God, you know. <laughs> but I feel like this weekend, we have a lot of big arm throw, but like, it's, like I said, at the end of the day, who can putt? Who can putt the most is going gonna, is gonna to win this weekend. When you already throw far, people, a lot of throw far, but people, these people putt bad, these people putt good, yeah, the good one going to take it, yeah. Uh yeah, I put I I we said it before, putting always always is an equalizer, but also an advantage. No matter how far you throw, no matter what you're doing, if you're a solid putter or a great putter or one of the best putters, you're always gaining strokes on the field, and it's um yeah, I think you're just such a good testament to that. Your your schedule the rest of the year looks like we would expect, and so we see you at. The U.S. Women's next week. Then we see you at Idlewild, Pro Masters Worlds, mm-hmm. which we just talked about. Great Lakes, mm-hmm. Ledgestone, Tim Salinsky, the Throw Pink. I mean, w- those are almost all what we'd expect. And then maybe, as you're saying, we also probably expect to see you at Maple Hill and at GMC in a playoff-type format, and you're in good position to to get through those mm-hmm. into those events as well when those uh happen. So uh it doesn't yeah. look like you have anything like mm, out of the ordinary on your schedule. It's exactly what we would expect, right? Yeah, yeah. Um I think probably that's it. Um who knows, maybe even anything here and there pop out like very interesting in the future and then I have time to doing it. I'm probably sigh more for some tournament I really want, but right now my schedule is so full. And then I think might be Pro Tour might be the last tournament I want to do because after that I'm going to fly to visit my parents and family in Laos for probably two months. The end of the year, maybe I'm looking for like November, December. Who knows? I come back again January. Um, so yeah, so I just try to do the the most big one out there. I think I hit a lot of them already, so I don't think I miss anything much. Maybe a couple like two or three or four. Maybe three or four, the most pro tour I didn't play. But all that, I think I, I, I play a lot this year. Um, and then uh, maybe not play much, a lot of eight year because I don't have time, you know. Like, I, it's so full. I, I feel like I have like every week, every week tournament right now <laughs> for yeah. so many months. <laughs> I'm like, I look at my schedule, I'm like, oh my God, next week, move here, next week, move there. I'm like, yeah, you're you're a top level touring professional disc golfer. Uh, I do have a, a a little bit of a personal, well, not personal, but a specific question is: Have you have you ever played in Madison? When you're coming here next week, I know I know we have the preserve this weekend, but people like Johnny and I are really excited because you know the top players are all coming to Wisconsin. Have you ever played in uh, in Madison, which is about an hour from where we are? Madison, Madison Wisconsin? No, I, I might. I've been there just only one time. I've okay. been there just only one time. Long times ago when I'm touring with Zoe and Dustin Keegan. Okay. I think I stopped playing eight here one time. And yeah, you, you might have. Okay, yeah, you might have played uh, <laughs> the Mad City Open, uh, which is the big tournament Something in like Madison. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was my first time, and I really like the course, though. I, But on that time, I still not play good yet, so... I, um and then I I didn't do not good on that tournament but I love the course I'm very exciting to go back and I feel like I can do way better than 
that time I play. So so exciting. So and then I'm probably gonna be there on Monday. Mm-hmm. Monday for mm-hmm. Um and then maybe have a three day practice. But I'm gonna do like a two round a day practice because I wanna go hard. I, I wanna keep myself the most uh, the more chance I can. Uh, even my body is gonna be tired. Hey, you know, take Tylenol, whatever. Take a pain medicine, <laughs> and, and then you know, just like if you saw it, take some medicine, and then you wake up, you feel good, and go to practice. Uh, and well, then, um, you, I wanna. Yeah. You were definitely here. I I see it. You took ah. you took fourth place out of eleven, and you cashed. Yeah. You, what year was that? This the, I believe this be... was 2015. Uh Wow. 2015. 2015. Yeah. So, I mean, you played I'll, I'll, to, for your credit, you did play under your rating, so you were like 950 back yeah. then and and I think you shot around yeah. like 930 rated golf. So, it probably felt bad to you, but you you took you took last cash for 100 bucks. You beat Zoe, so. Hey. <laughs> That's right. And Holly Finley it looks My like. Friend. Yes. I beat my friend. That's right. Oh, no. It's always the best feeling yeah. to beat your friends. Um, yeah, she brought you there and then you beat oh, her. You're so nice. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's so nice and she's happy with me. Even she beat me, I'll be happy with her. Um, like I said, I'm very um, looking forward. I probably, the course probably so changed. From, no, from, no, not too um, much. No, honestly. You're, you're, really? Yeah, you're playing Alver Long and, uh, and Velarda Ast Long. Uh, a lot of people call it Token Creek. Uh, you, the course is really similar. There might be a few different, a few pin placement changes, but I think in general you're gonna you're gonna recognize a lot of what you played if you remember playing it. Yeah, you're no, you're I gonna be just it. fine. And I was gonna say about the yeah. practice, you know, you're you're used to courses that are like can be uh, eight, nine, ten thousand feet or whatever it is. Uh, the courses here aren't going to be nearly as long as what you play. I, they might be seventy five hundred feet or or maybe eight thousand, mm-hmm. but they're they're certainly not going to be quite as long as some of the other courses that you guys typically play. Uh, so I I think you'll be fine. You'll uh, I mean we used to play two rounds a day in tournaments out mm-hmm. there. Uh, you'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to having oh, you I, and everyone else here I, in Wisconsin. How about the weather? Probably hot, huh? Uh, it so. it <laughs> might be. It's really hot right now, but it, it could be anywhere from. I mean, it's the Midwest. It could be anywhere from seventy-five to ninety-five degrees and humid. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm I'm oh. not sure what the ten-day uh, forecast looks like right now. Yeah. So not hopefully, too bad. not too bad. No. Um. Yeah. You, you know, you talked about going to, to Laos. Come you know November or December. And you also said mm-hmm. it, you know, when we when I interviewed you is um, that your uh, your mom had undergone a surgery and, you know, you want to mm-hmm. visit her and be able to support her. What um, first of all, how is she doing? Is every is everything going as good as it can? And and, um, you know, when when will you is that the first time you get to see her is when you go back? Um, my mom, she's her, her, her health was not never be good. You know, um, okay. she's been. So many surgery in her life, and and then I hope this time is the last time for her surgery. And and she's doing great. Um, this is like her four days after the surgery, mm. and she look she look good. She's healthy. I talked to her, um, and she's happy, and uh, she feeling so much better after the surgery. And and I'm looking forward to just like 
visit her in five months because I want to took her to uh, traveling with me and my yeah. my dad too my, my whole family I want to took my whole family traveling with me I want to take them um, to the beautiful place and took them out for lunch dinner whatever you know I I want to make them happy <clears throat> it's happening almost four years for me not see seeing them um, it's kind of very tough and I want to do the best to to make them have a big smiling you know and I will treat them like like a, may, uh, what do you call it? princess or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, um, Royalty, because yeah. they, they're waiting for me so long. Um, yeah, my, my, mom, my, my, my mommy, she's feeling good, and my husband's feeling great. And, yeah, you know, just I, I have a very happy family, though. I have <laughs> very healthy family, and we love each other so much. So I make sure when I go to Laos, I'm going to make a lot of pictures, and I'm Post on my Instagram, you guys gonna see my whole family out there. Good. Do Good. they get to watch you play? I mean, we do. We whether it's post production or live, do they watch your 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 play? Uh yeah, here and there, I send them a link. I send them a link, and then they watch from uh, they they phone, you know, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they don't understand what we're talking about, you know. They don't <laughs> understand, but they kind of understand how we do, you know. And, and oh my god, my my parent is over the moon, like. They always like, oh, my daughter in your ass. She plays sport and she's, people know her. Like, they have a big face. Like, they, they're so proud of me out there. And, and yeah, I think that's why I want to do uh, this golf in Laos in the future. I want to build the course. I want to, I, I, I need I need help. Like, people can do the course out there somehow, you know, because I want to bring this game to the world more, you know, even Thailand, like, in the, even in the future, in the future, because I can speak Thai, I can explain the, this, 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 this game to Thai people or Lao people. You know, you never know. Maybe I can work like a commentary in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the, that would. There's a lot of people that complain about commentary and commentary duos. I think if you got behind the mic, not a single complaint. Uh, I think a hundred percent of the people would love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, in the future, when I'm when I'm on and and you know, like whatever, you know, I I'm not busy with tour so much. And if in Asia, you know, they need me to help and explain to like like Thai, whatever, I I speak Thai like very well. So, awesome. um, yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah, and we're seeing, you know, I I've been very blessed uh, to go over to Thailand twice into Koh Samui Ooh. and with Nigel and Luke and and that whole entire crew is doing there and then I hear of these awesome stories about what's happening in Cambodia and and then also I went to uh Tai uh Taiwan but over in Cambodia and just all the places they're starting to develop more disc golf and so it's it's starting to grow but I think having Someone like yourself, uh, an ambassador, somebody that mm-hmm. you know uh, can just help pave the way even more, or or maybe bridge some of the gaps. I think would be incredible. So, yeah, I I love the idea. I of know. It. Like, yeah, even like in in Thailand, like I can like just maybe in, if they need help to like uh, teach the kids or explain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm willing to do in the future. Um, you know, they depend on what was, like I said, you know, the more, <clears throat> the more we bring out this sport, the more, the more our sport going to grow. And then I would love to see like this sport go to o- Olympic, you know, mm-hmm. Olympic, like the big, you know, I because 
Yeah, you know what? Because I see some sport out there in Olympic. It look kind of some of them look silly. You know, look silly. <laughs> like I was like more fun to watch. I was more fun to watch. I was like so much like excitement to watch. And then we are not even over there yet. And then when something it just so looks so ridiculous and it's in there, I'm like, ah, you know. You, you've got better ideas. Yeah, disc golf you think would be better. Well, uh, I think yeah. that, yeah, we, we should have a talk. We'll have a talk another day soon about the that idea of of Thailand and that entire area and what they're doing. I also, I know Malaysia is working on developing disc golf more and more. And, mm. uh, you know, Paige has been there. Sarah Holcomb has been there. James and Nate Perkins have been there. You know, uh, Waisaki's been there. It's it's uh, it's a really awesome community, but that's just the start. And I think it can continue to grow and, and flourish and blossom. And there's so many great countries and a lot of people there on the ground that would be the connection uh, to help you and uh, help us all grow the sport. So Right, right. Johnny yeah, we'll, V's... we'll keep the eye on the future yeah yeah for sure we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about that but johnny v's pulled up uh and put it in the chat talk to us about how people can support you and support uh your efforts out there in in terms of disc golf your sponsors uh give us the whole rundown of who supports you um you know what i have a great sponsor like um you know everybody know i got uh, my main sponsor is Innova, you know, and then mm-hmm. Helix, thank you, and Grip Bag, and, you know, and Headwind, uh, um, Dry Bag, Birdie Bag, um, and then Creeper, uh, thank you so much. Like, And then, you know, I I, I, I asked uh, Suga to sponsor me, and then they sent me a, a, a card. Um, thank you so much for that. And but like I said, I'm looking. If anybody interesting wanna sponsor sponsor me more, let me know. And also, please um, go support me at my tour series. Days I have Hello um, Hello Turn, um, mm-hmm. my second tour series, and then I have um, Hello Leopard Three. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, just go there, go to the pro shop, Innova Pro Shop, and then just click, and then help me support because um, without you guys, without me, because, you know, like we, this is, we make it for living. So if you want to see us more and yeah, just <laughs> like I said, just go help and support me, you know, support my days. And I want to thank you all my fans out there. Like last week, oh my God, I have so many fans text me. <laughs> congrats. I know. Congrats me and my whole family and my Oh my God, I, I blow away. Like, thank you so much. I love you all. So, thank you for supporting me. Yeah. Well, it's so easy to root for you. If anyone ever said that they don't root for you, I might, I don't know, hit them in the face with a microphone because that sounds <laughs> crazy to me. You are so fun to talk to. You're such a good player. You're such a good person. Yeah. And, and a good sport on the course. There's not another yeah. person I see rooting for other people more than you. Yeah, you. Yeah, are... I always, I always like when I play um at uh, uh you know any kind of tournament, I always share everyone in in my car. I share them too much until they look at me just like shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably bitching me like, can you just like shut up already? <laughs> I was like, come on, good shot, 
good part. No, 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 don't, don't hit me. I'm like, I'm just, I just so like, I, I, I love them. I want them to play good and I want to give the energy out for them. Like, I just love to share people. It doesn't matter like this person like next to next with me, like about to beat me. I, I don't care about that. I just want her to have a good feeling. I don't like to be just like quiet and not share anyone. I'm not, I'm not that person, you know, I'm not like that. I like what? to be smiling and be who I am. This is who I am. Like you're going to see me do this a lot and every time. So okay, I have, with it. <laughs> I have to ask, what, what's your favorite celebration? Yeah. We've seen a few of them. We've seen this and we've seen a flex. You've I, come on, which, which one's your favorite? What do you like to do the most? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well, I have the third one. I like to do this when I oh. make a big putt. Uh, yeah. Uh, like this. I'm like, uh-huh. Oh man. <laughs> I have to pick three of them, like one. I'm probably. Well, yeah. I just want to know what's your favorite. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I like okay. that one. Okay. I like that one. Well, the crowd yeah. loves it. Uh, your fans love it. We love it. Own. Keep your putting style exactly as you are. Keep your personality and uh, your incredible spirit out there all as it is. Everybody loves it. Uh, Everybody should go out and support you uh, by visiting any of your sponsors and picking up your tour series discs. Uh, We love you and appreciate you. Congratulations on such an incredible weekend. It was an honor to be there and to be able to talk to you and have you experience that and then me be able to just sharing that moment for two seconds with you. It's been absolutely incredible. And uh, thank you. And we wish you the best of luck this weekend. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You know, everyone and you guys, you like having me and support me and give me all the love. So cannot ask more for this. So like I said, without you guys, without me and I love you all. All right. Good night. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. See ya. Own Scoggins. (laughs) Again, impossible not to root for her, I, not I, to cheer for her, not to enjoy every moment she's on camera. It 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 is literally impossible because yeah. she brings great energy and she's a fun player to watch. Because it doesn't matter how far she throws, you know. Once she gets inside circle two, I mean, there's a chance this is going in. Yeah. And even just outside circle two, as we saw uh, this weekend, poor poor Ella was on the rough end of that one but you know well, e- even that the I, own trains running your way just I get mean, off the track yeah. because it's gonna hit get you. out of the way <laughs> exactly. and then offer you a drink so <laughs> yeah ex- exactly uh, uh so again congratulations to her and uh, i mean we can extend that to everyone that made themselves uh, eligible and able to get into the match play championships. Of course, we saw a number of competitors that weren't involved for one reason or another. There were some injuries. There were some schedule conflicts. There were, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. And a little birdie told me this, Johnny last week, a conversation was had if, if, and I think I, I may have just offered it <laughs> as okay. to some people, maybe not wanting to go make adjustments to their game due to elevation. That's, I, I, and I, I think we talked about this on the show, mm-hmm. and I and I said that may be one person. Yeah, wrong. It apparently was more than that. Really? Yeah. It. Uh, I'm going to start calling. No, I'm not calling out anyone. Uh, and and I, quite honestly, I'm not even arguing. If somebody said that, whoever it was, and there was more than one person, said that they didn't want to mess with their swing, so to speak. I. 
I'm going to say I, I totally I'm okay with that. It's this this weekend and this mm. elevation is such an anomaly. It's literally the only time I believe this year at least because we're not playing in Ogden that you have to go make a very drastic adjustment. Maybe, maybe you're already struggling and and you're starting to figure it out. Maybe you're in you're in the best. I mean, and, I, and I'm I'm going to go on record and say this is not what I heard of Valerie Mundahano, but I'm just going to use her as an no. They example. went and bought a car. Exactly. <laughs> they had other things. That's why I say there were scheduling conflicts and whatever. So I'm not claiming she's one of these people. But if she was, I'd get it. She's like, she's currently killing it and playing the best golf of her life. You. Go up into the mountains for a weekend. I know there's ten grand on the line, but you yeah. go up into the mountains for a weekend, and it could throw everything off. So, I'll just say I I do understand. And at the end of the day, I don't. I'm not mad at anybody. If somebody doesn't no. want to play golf for any reason, I don't care what the reason is. No, me neither. Uh, they're not obligated to me. Some people may feel like they are, but they're not obligated to us to go out and compete. But yes, more than one person. Uh, did not really love the idea of, uh, we'll say, messing with their swing, I guess is a generic way to put that. And I, 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 I get it. I get it. I that just, elevation sucked. It does. In some I, ways. I dislike it because it, what if this was a pro tour event? I mean, and obviously you have every right to skip a pro tour event, but as someone, uh, Chris Carpenter on the board says, elevation is just another element. Like I, I wind, sure. heat, and snow or but rain. But guess what? Some people skip courses for other reasons. Of, of 100%. So, I mean, the element could be uh, the way the if, course is designed, could be the actual length of it, could be, you know, a number yeah. of other reasons. And if that's one reason that you, that mm-hmm. you uh, don't want to overcome it, maybe you hate a basket at a certain course or oh, whatever. Sure. I guess that's a little dated. I but. think all of our pros that qualify are good enough, in theory, that they should be able to, when they leave elevation... Take them a couple hours to readjust at best, but if they don't feel like that is advantageous for their overall game, I would not fault them or blame them. If they if if someone looked at that and said, "I feel like I'm going to have better uh, practice habits and work habits, and I'm going to perform better at the events that count if I skip this particular event," please, by all means, there's no I have no qualms about that. Yeah. So again. Lots of different reasons, including the injuries, including, you know, whatever. But uh, th- that was that's what I had gathered by the end of the weekend is that there was just some people that had that, if not in the forefront, at least in the back of their head uh, with making some of their decisions. And uh, again, not surprising. With that being said, <laughs> of course, Colorado, Bailey provided an incredible venue, uh, an awesome place to be, a very unique experience. That's the highest elevation that I've ever seen disc golf at. I've been at Ogden last year. I played at the Snowbowl a number of years ago, uh, and so on and so forth. But that was the highest elevation I had ever played at. And quite honestly, I, for a day and a half, had a headache. I had like eight or ten bloody noses throughout the weekend. I had some congestion. And if some people don't acclimate and or um, get there in time and then fully acclimate. I can understand mm-hmm. how some of that could seem unappealing. And you're you're right; it does bring a whole other element. And to even hear own own of all people just a, a few minutes ago talking about how she sometimes even got winded due to the lack of oxygen um, is that's yeah. something I echoed throughout the weekend. I just went up and down uh, the toboggan course three times plus a lengthy playoff and. <laughs> The hills, the hills at this course aren't what got. They're not what get you. 
it's the actual you know fifty percent of oxygen available <laughs> that that gets our players or gets even some people that are fit. So. Next time, bring an O2 tank, just <laughs> straight. I, and I don't. Nobody would even like balk at you. No, like no, it's I, they wouldn't. There was some struggles out there if you're not acclimated. So, um. Yeah, pretty pretty incredible. Uh, real quick, let's touch then. Uh, well, let let's cap off our final four on the FPO side. Of course, Own Scoggins defeated Ella Hansen and also making to the semifinals. We saw Natalie Ryan and Lisa Fakus. Congratulations, all of them making it to the final day. Twenty five hundred dollar paycheck. Uh, minimum was guaranteed. Uh, First place was ten k. Second place was five k. And then twenty five hundred for the uh, other two. Also seeing not only some of their largest paychecks, but also seeing the uh, equality on both sides on both men and women. Sixteen players each division, the exact same payout in each division. And for an event like this, it should just, be. Just think about it. Like ten k used to be a once in a lifetime payout that we had just a few short years ago, and now. I don't, I'm not going to, this clearly isn't an exhibition, but this is, this is a, a non points counting pro tour event. And we're giving away 10 K to FPO and MPO. I don't care who you are. That is impressive, especially if you've been around disc golf for a few decades, that is truly impressive. So congratulations to them. And then on the men's side, Johnny, our final four, we had Kevin Jones versus Gannon Burr. And Joel Freeman versus James Conrad. And as we all know, Kevin Jones ended up beating Gannon Burr. Uh, and Joel Freeman won against James Conrad. The two went up against each other. And Joel Freeman came out on top. It it was, I don't want to say it was a blowout. And it's hard to blow somebody out in match play. But Joel Freeman had two points going into hole eight when then Kevin Jones picked one up. And then it just felt like it was a matter of time before the way the way Joel was playing, he yeah. wasn't giving up strokes. Um, he he made as everyone knows the whole the 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 stroke he lost on hole eight was a bad decision. And argue what you want about it, you know, a, extremely sloped green, a thirty five foot putt that if you miss, it's almost guaranteed to roll. Exactly what happened. So he the one Kevin Jones did get, he was kind of gifted in that aspect because Joel was feeling good and confident. And then Joel cleans it up on 11 to, for, for the win. We didn't even have to go the full 12 holes. So Kevin just couldn't really get anything going. And Joel Freeman this entire weekend uh, played really, really well and won. He was, uh, I know you made a post on Twitter about who the people who picked Joel and own mm. And I did not pick own, but I did pick Joel. And we, we, we uh, I, I guess I'll spoil it here. I was kind of keeping it, I don't say a secret, but I thought it was kind of funny that nobody knew. I picked Lisa Fakus to win. And somehow, because we were talking about it on our comms, somehow that got back to her at the course, I believe, mm. which is why she gave me a shout out <laughs> on, uh, on her interview uh, before the, before the first round started. I said, I'm going with Joel and, Vegas. I just think Vegas is due. She's a great putter um, and a different great putter ended up winning. And Joel Freeman is used to the Colorado elevation. He he is acclimated. He understands how discs fly and he's been playing really well. So Joel wasn't, you know, a, a stretch by any means. 
And so uh, a lot of people are wondering why Lisa Vegas gave me the shout out. That's why. Somehow it got back to her that I'd picked her uh, in our own little private chat amongst the control room. Not so private. You've been outed. I'm I've been outed. Yeah. So it just <laughs> uh, it was just kind of funny because then multiple people reach out to me be like, why did why did Lisa thank you on the you know, it just it was kind of funny. Uh, so anyway, congratulations to Joel Freeman uh, for taking home 10K as well. It seemed, you know, it was uh, both both of them a little emotional, which understandable. This is probably the biggest win for both of their careers for own and Joel. Yeah, I, I own had won last year's uh, pro masters worlds so she's already a one-time uh pro masters worlds champion she won by 23 mm. strokes yeah she crushed the field obviously a a monumental major. that was a major and a monumental uh this doesn't have the major title next to it but it was still obviously a very sizable win and then a, a, and a very uh lucrative win at that yeah i and, i and, feel like and this is and this is in the opened you know open women's division so to speak and so therefore you know you could maybe we're splitting hairs that don't matter but yeah whether it's her biggest win or certainly one of her top two biggest most significant wins of her career and she has nearly 70 wins or something like that right now so yeah and then joel i you know has won plenty of eight years in his day there's he's got no shortage of doing that However, yeah, taking down this size of a paycheck against uh, the field in a very unique format, certainly uh, one that he'll never forget winning in your home state with parents present. I mean, it's it was everything um, you would want in a storybook ending for sure. Uh, as always, we'll talk about a few little complaints that people had about the match play. I think the only real complaint that I've seen was uh, the tiebreaker. You got screwed. <laughs> the tiebreaker situation. Uh, the tiebreakers were obviously first is points. Whoever has the most points, if there's a tie there, then you move on to differential points. Mm-hmm. And if there's nothing, if differential points wasn't decided, then you went to, to seed. So head to head. That is the complaint. The head to head complaint. Uh, because head to head. Simon would have moved on because he beat Joel Freeman. Um, they were tied for points and differential points. And so people were some, and again, it's a subjective decision that everybody knew ahead of time. Everyone knew it was differential Bingo. points. So everyone went in knowing what the deal was. You, yes. you, whether the fans liked it or not, you can have a good or bad choice on that. I, I I don't really care because everybody knew what was happening going into it. This was decided based on um this is how a lot of, you know, the World Cup is played with like differential points and this and that. The differential points really is a almost like, like a uh, a strength factor. How badly did you beat your opponents? Because going by points isn't necessarily always the best case. You know, it, it just there can be very funny situations, but Finishing an event, finishing around early means that you have dominated a player, as we saw when uh, uh, Rebecca Cox took down Vanessa Van Dyke, and I think seven in seven holes. Yeah, something um, like that. It was. I think she got the first six, and maybe pushed one, and <laughs> it was game over. And so she got a lot of differential points for that. Again, you can make the argument you don't like head. You would rather see head to head make be the decision maker. I don't mind seed. Because it, again, puts weight on 
your, your previous performance, performance yes. and how you got there. And and even Joel had said, you know, kind of sucked to feel that way that Simon, you know, lost because of that. But Simon made the decision not to go to those other events to give himself a better seed. We know that that is what the whole purpose of the Pro Tour tries to drive attendance. And these are the reasons. They, it will weight you in different events, whether it's the finale, whether it's the uh, celebrity pro-am somehow, whether it's the skins match, whether it's um, some random doubles event that's might come up someday. It just, that is their current use of seed. And, and Simon knew that and he lost. So a couple of quick things on that. I'll, I'll start with the seeding and the points. I'm going to quote 2015 or 2016, 2016, Steve Dodge points matter. Mm-hmm. Like, Period. That's that has been a consistent theme with the Disc Golf Pro Tour from day one. For every reason you just talked about, largely attendance, consistency, uh, it, it just it, those things. Attendance and consistency, showing up and playing well and doing it often. That is one way to reward those types of efforts and those types of attendance. One of the dumbest things I read this weekend was someone say I don't know how Simon's rated a number 3 seed or whatever he was because he he's that. won two events I don't even know what he was what, uh, click uh, does it say what his seed was uh, I, I don't know how he's rated that he's playing six no I don't even know no, he's playing such a good golf There's more than one way to go about this for starters and the the seedings weren't subjective they weren't like hey here's who I think is playing really good golf today Let's go ahead and give them it was blank based on your performance. It's based and Joel Freeman on your has, has been playing very well, which is why he was. But Simon's been playing hot in the last two weeks, so he should have a number zero point zero zero one seed and be the high. Like, oh, I just it, I know it's frustrating. And the other the other complaint, obviously the whole not complaint, but going along with that, using point differential, yes, it is a little confusing. A hundred percent, I agree. Um, there were some complaints that Ian and Brian had issues, kind of, especially with the the Simon and Joel moving on out of the uh, the, the what was it the semi no round three technically out of round three. L- let me put it this way: before the round started, we spent ten minutes explaining the scenarios of each pool with the commentators. We literally said, Simon needs to win this by hole 11. If he doesn't win by hole 11, it's game over for him. And unfortunately, there was still some confusion with Ian and Brian trying to figure things out on the fly. I I just think there's a lot going on. And that was a little issue, but... Trust me, when because I saw all sorts of takes out there like, these guys need to be better informed. It's like, trust me, we went through all the pools before the round started. Mo had a large sheet. We, Him and I, and I mean, mostly him. He set up all these scenarios and everything, and I had found someone online who had posted some stuff. I sent it to Mo, and we talked through all the scenarios. Most of them were pretty easy. This person wins, they move on. This person loses, and this person wins. This person sure. moves on. That was the one that was a little goofy because of the pool and the ties and this and that. So sometimes things get convoluted in your head when you're trying to do things on the fly. And I can't blame Ian or Brian for it because it is a little 
it is different and it's a little confusing at times, but eh, I mean, our guys were prepared and, and, uh, and that's well, all I can what say. I'm, what I'm un- kind of unrelated to that. I'm going to go back quickly to the point of, I understand the immediate call for, or the excitement or the, um, anticipation of head to head being a tiebreaker. I under I can un, I absolutely understand that philosophy. So the when I read the comments though that Simon got robbed and I think everyone here knows I'm as big of a Simon fan as as anybody so this Publicly. is no anti Simon <laughs> but to read comments to say that he got robbed Simon along with all the competitors knew what the format was nobody came up to Simon. Six minutes before tee off and said, hey, we're switching up how we're doing it. It's now point differential and it doesn't matter what you do. Like nobody did that. Can you disagree? Can can you have a different take on how tiebreakers? Yeah, I I can support and understand that. But to lose your shit online and just to start screaming, which lots of people did. Simply because you didn't like how it was done, just know the competitors knew whether they understood it or liked it. Also, I was going to say may or may not matter, but they knew what it was. It wasn't a switch. It wasn't a secret. They knew what it was. And so could it get revised? Could it get looked up? Of course. Yeah, sure. It can. It Anything can happen. Next year. But in the middle of the tournament, when you've then realized what it is, at that point, no, nobody's getting robbed. And that... I, I, I know I I'm the old man, you know, the the lawn, you know, thing, but I, just because you can scream loudly on Twitter and Facebook and, and YouTube you can Terry, trust me. Or just podcast. like I can. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you're more right. Just means you scream loud. I don't know. And I I'm in my that boat too. I base my opinions on who has the more followers. <laughs> yeah. If if you have more followers, you're probably more right. <laughs> That that was the frustrating thing for me. I understand it can be confusing. I under, understand it didn't uh, that it may not have seemed uh, the most I'll say logical to you or intuitive. I think is a great word for it. That doesn't seem intuitive. I get it. But as J- Johnny just said, there was a reasoning. There was a background. There's been other precedent in other scenarios, and we could always go back to these arguments, which I hear all the time: is do this because every other sport does that. But then half the time, I feel like you could just as easily flip the coin over and say, let's not do this just because other sports do that. And I really liked the pool play. I didn't think I was going to, but I really did because it wasn't just one and done. It wasn't just your one seed against your 16 seed. And guess what? If the 16 seed upsets, all right, well, too bad. Yeah. Instead, you had to beat or you had to play everybody in your pool and then you're Point determination was pushed on so i i myself personally i think i turned around on that particular subject because i didn't before i really thought it through i didn't really love it i was like eh, i don't know but but in general i i think i i liked it from a logistical standpoint as well and if you really want to talk about whether it's the commentators or the players or the media crew in general from a logistical standpoint you always knew who everybody was playing I I knew that Mm -hmm. rather than, hey, so-and-so just defeated so-and-so. Now they're waiting on another match, and they might play against so-and-so. Like, from a logistical standpoint, sure. call me a simpleton. I'm good with that. You are. I am. I mean, not smart. Um, 
it just it was really nice because I automatically knew and the players knew who they were going to be seeing next. Now, I will say from a media perspective, I think we can be more clear about that. Uh, Just like last year, I think one of our big issues was it was a little bit more difficult. If you just tune in, you don't know who's playing who. You need to either wait for a scoreboard or something like that. I think there could be a better way for us to display who's playing who at a at a at a moment's notice. Sure. But, well, I but, other, I, can't, but I can't speak to that because, in all fairness, I watched zero point zero seconds yeah. of the broadcast, no. and, and that's and that's on us. And we we did the same thing last year where it was a little difficult to see who's playing who. Um, I, I think that comes along with you know the match play. If you just went to UDisc, you could easily see. But I'm just talking sure. in the split second, tune in, take a look. Oh, what's going on? Who's playing? Who? Why are these four? What I also really loved, and I think this course set up for that better than most, was the final round MPO FPO mix. Oh my gosh. There's it was it was perfect. It was awesome. It was great. It was it was fun watching uh Kevin Jones like when after own hit her big putt, like Kevin Jones came over, was like, "Wow, nice!" But you know, you yeah. don't you don't get to see the interaction between the men and the women nearly enough, like we used to back in the old days. Um, so to bring that kind of feeling back a little bit, I really enjoyed it. I hope whatever happens, that particular model sticks. Yeah, I can't fathom trying to give either match full attention without yeah. doing a disservice to the other match. Oh, it's if sucked. they weren't on the it's, same it's, card. It's sucked the semifinal round i do the semifinal round it felt like we went we stepped back a year when we had the mpot and then the fpo came after because i felt like we shortchanged the fpo for the first five or six holes where we didn't realize we had two replay guys we didn't realize how much effort it was going to be to try to show we all just thought like oh with two replay guys we're just going to show every shot from the women no sweat it was not as easy as we thought so it there was some major recalibrating and, and contemplating how we want to do like we were a hole and a half in and we were like okay how do we do this how do we do this on the fly right now how do we change our plan because what we had planned it didn't work and so i i huge props to mo and gary and nick uh for being able to work that out because we were able to show pretty much every shot and and then when the men cleared up we dedicated the entire broadcast to the women but i do feel like that semifinal round was very Herky jerky, um, and and I think we can do better there for sure. And I, I don't think there's anyone on the production team that would disagree with that. Um, but it was a it was a decision that was made higher up that we, we that you know to make things fit into a particular timetable. This is how it kind of had to go, and hopefully that gets addressed in the future and change. But other than that, I thought it was a really good showing and much more exciting than I was expecting it to be. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, I, I just want to say that I really enjoyed having Eagle available. Originally, uh, just to put it out there, originally the plan was to have more of a standard sideline reporting role in that Eagle and I would walk around throughout mm-hmm. the course, throughout the entire weekend, and then be able to you know either answer questions or provide insight. However, we found in the very first 12 holes that the signal was was challenged in just using the one resource that uh, is really available to us. And so at that point is when we kind of said, hey, we're going to go at a, a different route. We're going to always have the check-in on one, then usually a check-in on five, and then kind of a check-in to close out the day or to close out the the round or the segment, so to speak. 
And I very much appreciate Eagle, who is a hundred percent accessible and always, you know, right there, ready to go. When Eagle was well them. received, um, yeah, I, I did see that post later that uh, that that's apparently the. The nickname we were given. So I think it was Gary in the broadcast because Gary was kind of doing some things and he's like, Can I can I put Teagle? Like <laughs> and Mo is like, broadcast for yourself, man. You do it. <laughs> and so uh we we ended up looking up what you, because you and Eagle have been paired together in the past for mm-hmm. the celebrity pro am. Mm-hmm. So not only I did did it say Teagle, but underneath it there, I think it said the disc golf guys. Yeah, and that was your team name with Eagle at the Celebrity Pro Am last year. So that was your uh, your your little subheader. Yeah. Well, we for those of you that didn't. So know. thanks to anyone that. Uh, and funny enough, I I did think back once I had heard about it. I was in the production trailer on site, and I remember saying, you know, somewhere I've got a couple of old, very valuable now, KC Eagles. And because I'd already had the nickname T Dog, I had changed some of them with Sharpie to say Casey Beagles, <laughs> T Dog Casey Beagle instead of a Ken Climo Casey Beagle or Eagle or whatever. So yeah, it it all you know sometimes it always comes full circle. Sometimes it all works. But out. I do appreciate Eagle, uh, you know, getting some insights. Also heard about his injury updates and then hearing him. I felt so bad for him because I, myself included. Every single person it felt like that interacted with him, asked him about his recovery, and then most of the time he was giving a, a an, out, an outright response to it. And I just feel like that was a lot to kind of break down and to talk just about. Get cards made up and hand out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey. And 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 it's understandable. I mean, you know, he's best the player in the world. Blah blah blah. You know, mm-hmm. and so everybody. I'm not suggesting people don't want to know. It was just a matter of like. How many times he had gone through answering that question. So he's definitely on the mend and hoping that the stem cells are are a big uh, part of that uh, recovery. You can all hope. Um, Yeah. Sounds like he he had gone through, looked into multiple, someplace had uh, a many, the, I think as he worded it, the the number one place that he would have loved to go to had like months and months of a waiting list. And so his the very close second to that uh, could get him in much earlier. And so uh, he had those a few weeks ago. And again, continuing to be on the mend, hoping that uh, that is a way to avoid getting surgery. So we shall see. So, yeah, it it was fun having him. So Uh, real quick, kind of a quick side note to all that, maybe before we go to after show. Sure. Um, It's a tease. So you're not going to love it, but I caught wind because I do get asked this quite a bit and out of nowhere, there was an update provided to me this weekend, which I'm not sharing with you. I'm just teasing you <laughs> <laughs> that there was conversation about the, the celebrity pro-am and I think we're going to see or hear some news very soon. So that's the exciting update that I can provide. I was given a few more details than that, but that was the first time I had been given any updates or details was just this last weekend. So I can tell you, uh, I heard Tom Cruise in a fighter jet. <laughs> oh God. There's so many. Anyway. Uh, um, so look, look for updates. They're probably going to come actually sooner than later. If I had to guess. And there is been, cause I've been completely in the dark. People ask Rihanna. me all the time. 
hey, what's going on? Somebody just literally asked me like the day before I had heard anything. I'm like, I, I, I don't know anything. I swear. Beyonce I debuting her new album there. Mm. That's what I've heard. Yeah, she's that. She's the uh, mid round, not mid round. She's not halftime. She's the show between rounds. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard. We're at Askren's place. So that's what I've heard. Uh, I'm, I'm not denying it. I'm not confirming. I'm just gonna it. spread rumors. <laughs> Beyonce's coming to Della Field. <laughs> hey, you didn't hear it from us, guys. Just no. let you didn't hear it from us. Yeah, do not tweet that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, look for some updates. I think sooner than later. That's what I will share with you. I don't even know if I was supposed to share that much, which wasn't much. Probably not. There's going to be some updates coming up soon. So that's what I can tell you guys. Uh, okay. Do you want to? I'll close out the regular show. It's wrap been it fun. up, Tear Bear. Holy cow! It's been two hours almost already. So. Uh, we're going to call it for a regular show, of course, the after show. We're going to have all sorts of topics. We can read off the board. I know Ray had come in with a with a whole paragraph of things we could chat about. Uh, so if you have something that you want to bring to our attention, want to ask us about, hopefully we can discuss it in the after show. Maybe it's golf-related. Maybe it's not. doesn't matter. Maybe maybe you're just you know sitting at the edge of your seat wanting to know more about Beyonce's latest release. But either way, we'll get it's there. coming next month, I think. Or maybe at the end of this. Congratulations to Joel Freeman on the MPO side. Congratulations to our very special guest, Owen Scoggins, tonight. For Johnny V and myself, Terry Miller, this golf guy, part of Team Teagle. This has been episode 408. We'll see you in a few moments in the after show when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 408's After Show. I want to give a shout out. A show out. A show, a shouts out, shouts outs. Mm-hmm. You want to shout it out? No, you got I'm, the, you got a stain no. somewhere, Johnny? No, no, no. Shout, <laughs> I think you shout do. it out. <laughs> no. Um, no. I actually, I don't know why I hate the term shout out. So uh, just a verbal recognition. A verbal, re- a mad props. I'll give mad oh, props because that hasn't been used in 20 uh-huh. years. Uh, to Gordon Johnson and Rob Dahman, who religiously week after week, Go to the website <laughs> and enter. They've just set up a script, right? No, I don't think they do. It's different times every, you know, whatever. They go out there and they submit to the smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaways.html or something. Or HTM. I don't know. And sign up for the weekly giveaway every single week. Every Dedication. week. Every week they go out and do that. So whether it's a script they've set up, I don't know. But the fact that they still go out there and do it, they become eligible for our Patreon giveaway every single week. And they do that because... They're there's, too cheap there's, to give us money. They're too cheap. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no. But uh, there's there's always this tiny... There's this silly little legality that says, uh, you know, no purchase necessary. Usually when you see that in certain sweepstakes and giveaways, uh, we adhere to those. Because if there's one thing we are, it is stand up by the book, 100% law-abiding... If you say it enough, people believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we are. We're we're those people. Uh, but yes, that's why they go out and they do not have to. 
purchase or give us anything to be eligible. They simply have to go out week after week. Now, if you submit that and you already are a Patreon supporter, your thing will automatically run through the system and get deleted if there's a duplicate. So don't think you're going to be able to work the system. While you're at it, though, Johnny, let's tease out officially. I don't know if I want to give it away because it is pretty cool. Wow. But this might be the giveaway tonight. Oh, that's pretty great. That's a DD3 distance a driver. line DD3. Signed by me. Johnny V. No, not by me. By Eagle McMahon. Someone who throws a lot further than me. Yeah. So, not my best Sharpie. I apologize on that part. But it is an official Eagle McMahon signature. I can't believe he, de- he devalued that disc by like that, <laughs> by marking it. I, I know. He <laughs> wanted to sign right over my name. If you want my name on it, too, you know, Team Team Teagle. No, but uh, an Eagle McMahon signed. I, I went up to him with a handful of discs, and he graciously did this. And this is exactly one of those reasons where one of these special discs will go. I've also got some pretty cool uh, splices that were limited edition for the event. Uh, th- those will probably get stored away for a few years, unless you bribe me with a lot of money. But uh, tonight, a DD3 signed by Eagle McMahon. What? Seems like a pretty damn sweet giveaway. I think it's a great giveaway. How could they be eligible, Johnny? Um, sign up at smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaways. Or, or if you want, don't want to have to go easier there way to do it. every single week and put that in manually, I would suggest going to patreon.com slash smashboxtv and for as little as a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on. A dollar a month. And you get content like own. You know, if everybody, if every single person gives us $10 a month, we'll do, we'll get owned to do our own podcast. If everyone does it. If everybody that's current, a patron, and a hundred more people <laughs> give us $10 a month, mm-hmm. we'll make sure. Because you know what? If, if, if you're not, you should either do that or buy an own disc every month. Mm. Because the fact that she can't, or her husband can't tour with her. He needs a sugar mama. So let's make it own. So, uh, so yeah, so t- uh, you can sign up at patreon.com slash smashbox TV for, like I said, for as little as a dollar a month, you can be eligible for our weekly giveaway that we do in our after show every single Tuesday. Right, Taryn? That's how it works. That's how it works. As Owen was just messaging me a moment ago saying she wanted to say thank you to everyone for tuning in and watching it. And, uh, that her being part of the show. And as always, we said, no, it's win, lose, you. or draw. You're welcome here anytime, Owen. And and if if there's enough support, you're going to have to do your own show as well. So we'll have to let her know about that. Hey, Owen, a bunch of people uh, submitted money that you're going to get, and you need to do your own show. Be she, okay. She'd be okay. So that uh, will be part of the weekly giveaway. So thank you guys very much. Tim says, if I win, I'll give it away for a charity event I'm helping run in September. That sounds good. I know also um, working with a charity event uh, that uh, uh, Benjamin Fairley is putting together out there in Colorado. I know I talked to him and I'm going to continue to support that event. So many good events going on that are Supportive of our disc golf community at large and 
just realize that you can do things through foundations, whether it's a Ricky or a Paul or you play, uh, you play or Edge. Any yep. of those are all uh, great scenarios. And uh, you know, we've seen the the, the new Paul Uliberry Leadership uh, Institute come about. So I know that's going to be an opportunity. A um, couple of things I want to get. Uh, they're not shout outs. They're Good. mentions. Um, excitable mentions. Uh, Emerson Keith, I saw. Had a baby on Father's Day. On Father's Day, so now he's he's double the he's double the father. He's, he's got twice two the kids. Father, us we are. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, so congratulations, Emerson Keith. Uh, wanted to get a mention in there for him and uh, everything. As far as I could see, uh, in terms of the post, healthy and uh, went as well as it could. So that's of course always great to hear. So congratulations to Emerson, Sean Sinclair, who's done a ton of work with the PDJ and uh, has served in many both volunteer and paid capacities. His birthday today, today, Julie O'Donohue from Australia. I know one of her uh, Australian friends is here competing. Uh, at the Am Worlds, but Julie, happy birthday to you. And uh, in the last week, one of our biggest smashies and one of the biggest, most helpful supporters that I have here in Wisconsin, in southeastern Wisconsin, uh, Juliana. Juliana, thank you so much. Uh, happy birthday to you a few days ago as well. So I want to get a few birthday accolades and uh, mentions in there. I know Own, I didn't feel it was good time or right to interrupt her but she was talking about how she's been with her husband for 15 years um this is yours and my 15 year anniversary with our (laughs) wives not with each other we've been together longer than 15 years um uh, my anniversary is in two days two days should we make i will sign a disc Send it to my wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm thinking. Blink she would twice like if that. you need to get out. <laughs> <laughs> she she would probably like that. Uh, yeah, thinking back to that uh, crazy day of yours up in uh, northeastern Wisconsin. God, 15 years ago it yeah, does seem 15. like a long time. Does and, she think so? Oh God, I'm sure she does. And the reason why we picked this particular weekend. <laughs> there were no tournaments going on. Yep. It was the weekend of Badger State Games, which mm. was not a Wisconsin tour event. So all of my friends and uh, my disc golf friends would feel comfortable coming to my wedding. And I didn't have to worry about them skipping out to go <laughs> get because there are a few of my friends that would be like, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is Mad City weekend. So maybe I should skip John's mm-hmm. wedding. So I specifically picked it on Badger State Games weekend. Um which so is, that all my friends could come. Yeah, that's more of an exhibition. Um, you, you know, it's your local games that didn't really have a payout. You, you played for pride, and you played for a, you know, a little a little three dollar medal. But even back then, uh, you had to contemplate like how serious was this event? As much as it is fun to play, and it largely took place in Madison, where the U.S. WDGC is it taking is. place this upcoming weekend. And so, uh, yeah, it seemed like a logical one to pick it on. So. Congrats to, I don't know, is it to you or to her? <laughs> Again, I think it's all relative. Yeah, it really is. It depends on which. It depends on the day and how you want to look at it. <laughs> all right, we'll answer a few uh, comments and questions out on the board. Uh, what's your favorite Madison course, John and Terry? Oh, my favorite Madison course. I think. I think I got to go. 
think I got to go high stand. Yeah. Unfortunately, not unfortunately. Um, it's tough because I love Elver in the shorts. Like short to short Elver to me is the most fun. Oh, Elver's a park. It's a course. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he said he loved Elver in the shorts. Yes. <laughs> great legs. Great legs on Elver. Um, <laughs> y- yes. I-, I really enjoy Elver in the, the-, the-, the short to short configuration. But I think high stand is just overall probably the to me, and I I haven't played Birds Ruins. I haven't played a lot of the other ones. To me, Madison is always three courses. It's Elver High Stand and Token Creek. Mm-hmm. I know there are a lot more there now. Yeah. Um, but those are the ones that I I think about, and I believe personally I like High Stand the best. I think it provides the most variety and is in general has the the most fun shots. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, and and I, know, I think there's I'm also smart. a little bit of bias in for us in that. High Stand is on the east side of town. And so High Stand and Elver are very similar, actually, in a lot of ways. You're playing up a ski hill. You're throwing down a ski hill. You've got great wooded shots. You've got some medium to lengthier, longer holes. You've got a mixture of everything. Elver and High Stand, I feel like, on their own accord, uh, or when you put them head to head, they're nearly identical in terms of being great courses but you and i have i think honestly a personal bias that high stand is just 30 minutes closer and therefore we played more tournaments there it it, it was put in after elver even though elver was a great course it was put in later so as much as they're both great courses which is funny because i don't remember high stand going in I I was there like weeks after it went in and played the first tournament that they ever had there and played in a, a a that had a, to be uh, the late harvest. That had to be late nineties then. Yeah, it was. Because, we were in college, and I went over there, and <laughs> they had a mixed doubles event. I played with uh, with Vicky, uh, a friend oh, of ours. Geez, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> Vicky Hetzenbeller. Yep, uh, who barely played disc golf, but we we still went over and had a super good time in a in a just a, like a, a very low key uh, mixed doubles event. It seems as if, yeah, I mean. Anyway, the, yeah, it's it, it also high stand and, and this is an unpaid plug for him, uh, but high stand also is right literally right next door to glide and glide is Madison's uh, most premier pro shop. They've now there's another pro shop that's been put into Madison recently, but many of you have seen glide and glides pro shop. They've hosted a number of uh, pros there, including Greg Barsby and Madison Walker and Paige Pierce a few years ago and a number of top-level golfers. Uh, Simon, when he was here for something, went over to Glide at one point. So Glide is a phenomenal pro shop, and that's literally across the street. And it before it was Glide, Mike Newhouse, who's also helping organize events and the Mad City Open this year, Mike Newhouse owned that same property or was, was in that same area, and he called it a disc throw because it literally is a disc throw away from the disc golf course. And so that was the first pro shop, and then it eventually uh, was taken over and rebranded into Glide. And so I think there's also, again, this easy bias of Mm -hmm. when you think of high stand or the courses, you think, well, yeah, there's the pro shop right there, a a really well-run, very organized, high-level pro shop. And so he's built that, that... advantage so to speak and and that association uh all by by doing a lot of great things so that's a, a long-winded way to say yeah high stand there i think high stand elver, and elver are both great courses they, they are they are great courses i think elver long to long is a tougher course 
Um, it, it, the, the, I think sure. the lines are a little tighter. I believe that the, 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 pun, the rough is a little more punishing. Um, yeah, I, I just, token just never, it's well, a fine course. It just, it, it, to me, it didn't feel like <laughs> punishing is the right word. There was not a lot of technicality to, to token Creek other than I think two to three holes. Yeah. I, and, and so to- it was, but it, it's, it's a fun course. Well, and, and, Token Creek was one of the first public courses in the state and one of the early ones in the Midwest to be a pay to play mechanism. Yeah. Go out there and uh, look, go, go to the, if you, if you go to Token Creek and I think, or if, I think they're still there, there's, there's a bunch of medals or uh, like we were a supporter of Token Creek to get it put in. Mm-hmm. And it's funny cause we all got together you and in me college. in college, and we, we all threw in mon- some money to have our name put on a plaque, like a little metal plaque. Sponsorship. Sponsorship plaque. plaque. And it's funny, because I think to this day, I have my own. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, there was a mistake. It got truncated. There, there, was, there was a mistake made, because I think it's some like, like Terry and the crew or something, and then somehow, I got my own as well. No, I think you just got put on hole one, and we didn't. I think it literally just says like John or something like that. I don't even know if that's still. I'll look next week. I well, don't know I'll, if this I'll, is still I'll the there. case. No, because I think I think there was one originally. There was one that had it said like Terry and the crew, and somehow mine got separated as well, and I got put on a separate oh, one. I, and and I don't think. I, I mean, again, hole one, which is funny because I also have one of the very first aces on that course. Clearly, I walked up on hole one. There was like eight or ten of us within a week of that course opening. Mm-hmm. And I walked up and slammed hole one. And just couldn't, you know, couldn't record, stop me. Bro. Couldn't stop me. No, no stopping you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't even know if those, if those, uh, if those little placards are still up there. I, I don't know. If, I don't believe that they are. But yeah, so it, it was a course that we had supported right uh, as we were and co- rounding out college. Wow. And so Token Creek, I think the. the challenge to token creek was although it's beautiful in the way it was manicured and designed That's for gorgeous. disc golf for one of the you know one of the first times ever like bulldozers were helping create fairways and then nothing else was being used in that section of the park until disc golf got there and so at that time we're talking 2000 at that time that was unheard of 2000 yeah and almost revolutionary i was like they're going to take park property and exclusively manicure it and uh move earth and and landscape and all this other stuff just for the disc golf course the one downside or uh, the 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 weaker point to token creek is just that it didn't have the elevation so we were used to it on on elver and you're used to it at high stand two phenomenal courses and you go to token creek which was a little bit longer much flatter and there just a different feel and look to it so and as you said not quite as technical uh, in the design of it so also a good course though clearly oh god they're all and, great courses um we're we're looking forward to people being there for sure uh david john says uh token was always very clean and not busy because it was the only pay to play back in the day mm-hmm. exactly uh that was one of the reasons and now that's obviously become so much more of a a common practice and and you see when you have tens of thousands of people going through there in a given year maintenance and upkeep needs to take place and therefore 
uh, having that money to be able to reinvest. And Token Creek then got expanded from an 18-hole course to a 27-hole course. And that was all part of the overall usage that was taking place out there. So pretty cool to see. Ray brings up a bunch of different thing topics to talk about here in the after show. Um, I'm going to skim through. And he talks about the NBA Finals being settled. Golden State Warriors, they win. I Luck- watched my first and last game of the NBA this year. And and it was that one. And I mean Golden State's just lucky that the Bucks got knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. That they you know they were without Middleton cuz even Mo had said Mo's like with Middleton the Bucks probably win the championship. But again, shoulda woulda coulda. Congratulations to the Golden State. It's not always about the best team, it's about the healthiest team. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah. and defense wins championships. No, no, one of my favorite flopping wins championships in the NBA lately. <laughs> um the Stanley Cup is actually getting good. I don't follow hockey. Couldn't tell you. I, I think the Avs are in it. Avalanche, I'm assuming that's And I heard I found out this week they're from Colorado. They are from Colorado. I knew that. Um <laughs> Only I because I was there. I couldn't tell you the other team that's in it, but I've seen a lot of people in in the Discord, or not a lot of people. I think it's probably Tim. <laughs> Tim or Ray, one of them is, is cheers go Avs. Yeah, but you know what I say about NHL Stanley Cup too. Defense wins cops, Stanley Cops. Really? <laughs> No, no I don't no, know, but I, that will age yeah. perfectly fine because yeah, you, you can always say it. You can always say that. That's what I say about disc golf too. Defense, Defense wins, wins. wins world championships. <laughs> yes. uh, Jamie Thomas spilled the beans on a drive to survive like six part documentary. They're shopping to Netflix drive to what? What? So drive to survive, I believe is the, is the, the documentary documentary. I'll throw it in quotes kind Uh-oh. of um, about F1 that was on Netflix a few years ago that has absolutely exploded the popularity of F1. Like to the point where it, it was, it was, uh, I mean, I, I say documentary, they followed, I think uh, some racers around for a season and as any reality. So show, real world goes racing kind of <laughs> like, and again, and is any, Snooki involved. Snooki Cause that's is all not, I care Snooki about. Is not if involved. Jersey shore is not involved and Snooki and nope. the situation. Nope. None of those guys. But anyway, it, it, Jay, it, wow. it was, it was, it, it is, and was extremely popular for F1. It's, it's like to the point now, it's kind of crazy that that is one of the true things that is pushing F1 inch more into the United States while they're getting these races in Miami and Vegas, because the, uh, the attention has really kind of exploded on this drive to survive thing. So if, if the DGPT can do something like that, and if they can shop it to Netflix and if it's good, I, I haven't heard anything about it. Um, that That's great. I think that could be really phenomenal, I, and I look forward to seeing it. And also the DGN is working with the PDGA to acquire old USDGC and World's VHSs to add to the DGN. Um, Yeah, that stuff should be out there. I think mostly, honestly, it should be on YouTube. I, I know there's rights and this and that, but... Or- if, if you if or you, on my VHSs and DVD yeah. pl- DVDs in my house, that's... yeah. I mean, honestly, that stuff. I think that stuff should should pretty much all be on YouTube these days anyway. But uh, and if you go look at you know, good old Chucky, uh, <laughs> uh, if you go to his web uh, YouTube page, you can find a lot of the old worlds on there as well. So, so anyway, those are the those are the subjects that Ray wanted to talk about. Mm, to me, it's all about the cup all about the cup huh you got the avs yeah i mean i don't know why you wouldn't no uh, other well. than you don't know the other team playing <laughs> somebody says it was tampa bay ah the the tampa bay lightning lightning is it i don't know i, don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know 
for the most part, there's a reason we don't talk about things we're clueless on, for the most part. Yeah. And, Wisconsin uh, does not have a professional hockey team, so I don't pay attention. There's, there's and you don't even pay attention to our semi-professional hockey team, do you? We go to games, yeah. We go to Admirals games, probably two or three a year. I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you if and when they win. I think I think they were in the playoffs this year. I don't believe they made it out of the first round, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, I, I I love going to Admirals games for a few reasons. One, a good friend of ours is the <laughs> uh, is Roscoe, the uh, the mascot. Mm-hmm. So you know, whenever we he happens to see us or see that we're there, he always gives a little special attention to us and the kids. So that's and my kids love it. So that's that's a lot of fun. Just like I like uh, I like the indoor wave soccer as well. We'll go to a couple of games there. I, do I pay attention? Do I know and most of the players? No, I probably know one player on each team. So, anyway. Okay. Uh, can we talk all-season tires? All-season tires? I don't... Uh, living in Wisconsin, and maybe it's just being cheap, I don't change my tires. Yeah. I just have all-season tires. Just your ge- generic, regular, all-weather tires, mm-hmm. so to speak. And and I, and I know if I were to put on winter tires, they'd probably get a little bit better traction and I think depending on the vehicle you have, if you have more of a sporty sports car, that is much, much better for your vehicle. Um, but for the most part, the, the 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 crap hole that I drive, the 2009 Honda Fit that doesn't have air conditioning right now and really oh, really sucks to drive the last two to three days. Uh, yeah. Um, it hasn't had air conditioning for two years, so. Two years ago, I think it was two years ago it went out. Maybe it was three years ago, but I was able to use the compre- uh, the, the the injection, the mm, aerosol yeah, thing, the little re- the refill on and, the, uh... and it it seemed to work just fine for a few months, mm-hmm. and then it was last year, the year or again, maybe it was the year before. I tried again, no go because you when you <laughs> when you plug in that thing, it actually when I went to push it, it actually went to this red. It said error, error, take it in, mm. and I was like, oh, that's not good. I'm like, oh, maybe I have this on wrong. Tried again, nope. Tried again. Nope. And I was like, okay, cool. I need to bring this in. I have not done that. And my car, a 2009 Honda Fit with with about 110,000 miles. That's it? Yeah. Wow. I I didn't, I I used, we used it only to drive me back and forth to work for the most part, which was all of three miles. I think in the last, I've owned that car for seven or eight years. I've put on 50,000 miles. I just, if we're going somewhere, we use the, usually use the Grand Cherokee. If it's somewhere, you know, we need to haul kids or whatever, because my car is small. It's a Honda Fit. That's what it's meant for. Um, now that I'm driving further into work, it's about seven to eight miles. Really racking up those miles. I'm pushing up some miles now, <laughs> yeah. Terry. Yeah, 15 miles a day. But anyway, that car is probably worth $2,000, Right. Honestly, eh. and the, 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 the paint is kind of cracked on it. It's got a little bit of scrap yard. <laughs> check, check, yeah, check Kelly Blue Book on that. Um, there's a little bit of rust on it now at this point. I look at it, I'm like, I bet you if I bring this in to get the air conditioner fixed, it's going to be like a couple grand. It's going to be like two grand or something. If it's a compressor or whatever it is, is it worth it to me to do that? I I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time justifying that as opposed to just, you know, sweating my. Yeah. Hmm. You know, 
whatever. Well, good on you, because uh, so. that doesn't. It's not pleasurable. I've gotten fully spoiled. It's not pleasurable. <laughs> fully spoiled these last few days using probably my favorite feature in my new car, which is in fact the seat coolers. <laughs> <laughs> so that is by far uh, come into play and is uh, something now that I feel like I could I can't imagine a car without now that I've tasted that luxury wow you are just living in the lap of luxury aren't you terry uh, you spoiled coolers bastard just seat coolers uh-huh here i am sweating myself <laughs> off you're an like, idiot like i, I mean to, let's be real because the last two days rolling down my window has done very little other than <laughs> blow hot air at me <laughs> um that's yeah and it sounds miserable it, 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 it is a little bit miserable so i should <laughs> I, honestly i should bring it in to at least get it checked out but even that's gonna run me like know 110 dollars just to have them look at it and say say you have a piece of crap yeah like oh cool well and again my goal my goal in life is to be able to you know rack up maybe another in the next three years another 30 20 to thirty thousand miles on this thing Mm -hmm. and then toss the keys to my kid Mm. and just be like there you go kid you get a crapper (laughs) but it's yours for free you don't have to pay for it you might you might die of heat exhaustion. Yeah. So that well, that's my thing. Like, do I go and get the the air conditioner? If I do plan on keeping it for the next couple of years, do I mm-hmm. do I just bite the bullet and go get the AC fixed? Maybe it's something easy, and it's not going to cost me money. But pretty much any time it's air conditioning, it's probably the compressor, and it's mm-hmm. probably going to be fifteen hundred bucks. And it's it's just you know you know <laughs> suffer for you know, like this basically about two to three weeks of summer where it's just miserable. Other than that, usually it's fine because I park, I park under a shady tree and I park underneath of my work. So it's never like I don't walk out to a hot car hardly ever. Okay. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm cheap. I'm cheap, Terry. I'm cheap. What kind of more can I say? Or not smart. All right. Uh, so yeah, David John says, ride a bicycle, John. Have you? Uh, I, I have an e-bike, which, um, I, I would ride, but it's a pretty far hike down to work. Um, not that I couldn't do it. But take I, a nice lake. Take I, lake drive all the way down. I could. get a beautiful yeah. view. I, I, I honestly could, and I've thought about it. The And in the summer would be the best time, because otherwise, normally, it's like, cool, I need to be back at X time to drive kids to this place. And just, it it would be an hour to an hour and 10 minute bike ride, probably. Um, and it's just more of a pain, because whatever. But right now is actually good, because the next two weeks, kids are in camp. My wife takes them. She picks them up. Everything's set. So for two weeks, I could. But then again, in this heat, even worse, you know, if I want to come to come to work, a sweaty, sweaty pig, a complete stank mess. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just not great. Um, uh, David Jonas says, JVD, you're smart enough to fix it yourself. You know, I might be able to. I don't want to. There, There are a few things in life where I just really kind of push it off on the experts. One of which is usually car work. Anything other than like, I don't change my own oil. I don't change my own blinker fluid. I don't, mm-hmm. uh, the most, the most, the most that I do under the, right. save all my money. That's right. And so, no blinker fluid. I know mm-hmm. you never put it in Terry. Nope. That's the problem. Um, every renewable solar, oh, seriously, solar fueled, Blinker fluid. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, Me and Elon talk. I, 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 ch- I changed my own battery in my car a couple times because car sucks and needs a new battery every couple of years. Other than that, though, I really don't mess with cars. I just 
I could YouTube it and look, and there's always somebody. But in general, they're always, you know, hey, this is a little bit tough to get into, and the guy's crammed underneath of his car. <laughs> and then he breaks off a bolt. And, 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 like, <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, this, yeah, that's not my thing. Uh, all right. Tim says Terry has seat coolers when he picks up people at the bus stop. Somebody did ask me this weekend, and they said... <laughs> I encourage you to keep doing that, and that's a kind gesture. So if that if that comes about, it just uh, may happen. I, it crossed my mind uh, a few days ago when it was pouring here mm-hmm. in Milwaukee, and I was driving up the lake front to my house, um, and there were two kids, maybe mm-hmm. maybe 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 teenagers, maybe mm-hmm. like fifteen, sixteen mm-hmm. together, and I was like, and they were just they looked miserable because it was. I mean, this was like a downpour and they were kind of huddled and they had their backpacks over their head and they're walking. And I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know what age they are. They could have been 18. They could have been 15. 12. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you just don't know. Yeah. And so I'm like, probably best not to do that. Uh, hey, kids, you want to get in my Honda Fit? Until you're called in. Yeah. Uh, you're called in. No, thanks. Uh, as a blue Honda Fit with this guy. <laughs> uh, Ray says, I propose the PDGA should partner with the American Red Cross or Heart Association to have trainings free or discounted for PDGA members. We run into lots of emergencies. Uh, I, Of course, no one would probably argue that that's a bad idea. I, I would challenge you and say, I don't know if lots of emergencies is uh, is necessarily true. I think about, Late, I, and, and I only say yeah. this because I've, I've attended, run, or played in more than, wow, more than, I was going to say, at least 600 events. And I think I've seen legitimate, medical emergencies that would require at least that uh, in terms of anything like mouth to mouth resuscitation or 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 anything cardiac or anything of that nature outside of yeah i can count them on one hand yeah well, like the, and i'm i'm not yeah. downplaying i'm not suggesting it's not a great idea uh but i think lots is is maybe relative or maybe it's just relative to your area uh in florida there may be far more heat exhaustion uh concerns or in Colorado, there's probably far more oxygen concerns. Um, in Wisconsin, people just lose their mind when they're out of cheese curds. When we're out, in, okay, that doesn't happen on the course, but yeah, it's again. I think it's a great idea. Uh, I, I would, I would not object to it. I also just don't know if it's as big of a problem. Um, but I, I think that's also with. With technology and training these days, I also feel like it would be great for anyone that does want that training. Either A, it's pretty accessible to them, or B, I feel like they could get the basics from YouTube and at least be helpful in that capacity. Even if they're not certified, Mm -hmm. they could at least be helpful. I'll be the first to admit I'm even, I not I'm even, I'm also a person who's never... Outside of CPR, which I think it, you and I had to take at one time. Yes, maybe? we yeah we maybe in college or something. Yeah, we, for t- something? we had to take CPR because we were uh, we worked for the, the dormitory. The dormitory, so we were yeah. We so were outside of that. that, I haven't kept up. And the, there was a medical emergency on the course this weekend, and paramedics were called. And and more often than not, too, at least at pro tour events, we have Seth Muncie as one of the number of people. Now there was even actually somebody else on the pro tour staff that is uh, was certified and was more than capable to assist. But then also uh, Seth Munth- Muncy is kind of our designated. That's just the pro tour, and I understand this could be applied at all events. 
I, it, clearly, it's never a bad idea to have more trained professionals or more certified professionals. Heck, my my thirteen year old daughter is now CPR certified as she's doing uh, baby scout uh, baby scouts. Wow, <laughs> babysitting um, actually this very minute. So great idea. Um, I I, th- I think that's one of those um, that goes right along with we should all drink more water. I mean, it's it's right there and readily available. Yeah. We should all could do better at it. Well, I believe. You know, there was talks earlier of uh, some disc golfers that saved, potentially saved a person's life just this past weekend when a car somehow drove onto the course and hit a tree, and they they pulled they pulled the the, the person out. I don't recall if there was a fire in the vehicle or not, but uh, I'm sure someone will have details. But yes, there was definitely a an emergency this weekend that disc golfers were involved in. You know, I mean, if if it's one thing disc golfers know, it's when something hits a tree. So, hey oh, and and so they knew exactly what to do. First, they complained about the tree. They asked <laughs> if it moved, and then they went and checked it out and found yep. if someone. So, I believe that that's maybe where he's coming from because we have seen a few incidents recently on the course. And and the bigger our sport gets, the more we'll see that. And I think also the more diverse our sport gets, uh, because it's getting bigger, we'll naturally have more of those people in there. Just think how many more people today aren't playing disc golf than five years ago that are that have some crossover into some of those trained uh, certifications already and again it'd be great if every single person was but i think we probably already have more than we even did just a few years ago so uh but great suggestion nonetheless uh and ray goes on to say i worked for the y and i'm a safety dork i've worked for the y for many years with pools and risk management so totally understandable uh carney says get the book uh where there are no doctors been in my house my whole life worth a read and keep for reference i like that yeah it's a good drive until you hit the tree um yeah, a stupid idiot on the board says, Johnny, handling refrigerants is probably best left prof- to professionals. And that I could very much agree with as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We, we have you mechanic it up out there. Probably it'd make a great six part YouTube series of, you know, part one, Johnny tearing everything apart. Part two, <laughs> me then after everything's tore apart, realize I'm missing two parts and like I need to order them. And now my car is torn apart. And me swearing. Part three, me going to YouTube, trying to figure out how to put them back together. <laughs> Part four, uh, me and end up calling a, <laughs> a tow truck. A, a tow truck. Yeah. Part five, the the, the guys in the uh, in the garage laughing at me, and then part six, me finally getting my car back, and it costing me probably double what it would have. <laughs> I mean, there's a six-part like series. Yeah, right you. there. I like it. Drive to survive, my friend. <laughs> uh, a couple other things I want to throw out there. This, uh, in a few hours, or a few minutes, I should say. Nonetheless, he's not up. Dustin Skorpinski, who's a really, really kind, amazing soul, and has done a lot in terms of disc golf travels and playing, and now works a camera, does some edits, and just is an all-around great disc golf ambassador here in Milwaukee. He is celebrating a birthday in just a few minutes. Again, he's sleeping, but uh, Dustin, happy birthday to him. And then also this last weekend, uh, besides the great work that they did, you probably saw some social media posts, whether it was uh, Jamie Thomas or Hannah McBath, Paul McBath, Avery Jenkins, uh, over in Montenegro where they were doing another Paul Macbeth Foundation course uh, 
install and some clinics and demonstrations and all that stuff took place. Uh, as they were coming back from that, I think we saw on the socials that Austin Hannum, uh, Katrina Allen, Paul McBeth, and Hannah McBeth had all attended uh, the Julian Marquez UFC fight this weekend. And unfortunately, it did not go his way. I think he uh, his nickname is the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yep. Um, it did not go his way. He ended up losing... Uh, the fight this weekend, he's a disc golfer. If you are wondering what the name is, or maybe you know because you're way more UFC than we are, but he was at the Celebrity Pro-Am last year, and I'm going to go ahead and say he was one of the most excitable people at the Pro-Am. Paul's uh, partner, who they went on to oh, win, geez, yeah. but uh, Julian also one of the most excitable. We, he was at the DDO a few months ago. He was at the DDO the last year. Um, I, he's out of the Kansas city area and unfortunately, as much as he loves, uh, disc golf and being a supportive disc golfer, uh, his UFC fight did not go well this weekend. I didn't get to see it. Uh, I believe it was taking place even while we were still on the course for the match play championships this weekend, but, uh, super great guy. And, uh, you know, sorry to hear of his, his defeat. He texted me. The day before it, so yeah, because he texted me, his fight was on Saturday. On Friday, he texted me and said, hey man, looking good on the broadcast, we need to get you more on there uh, today or this weekend or something like (laughs) that. it's nice that he's watching. And he's definitely watching, he's a huge fan of watching live disc golf and just an all-around great guy. And uh, yeah, unfortunately for him though, wasn't able to pull off the win in the fight, so... Uh, Well, if, if if I get to see him again, I'll challenge him to a fight. He can beat me, and then he'll feel better. <laughs> he could beat three of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody, I, the, as a side note to all that, somebody challenged him and uh, basically was a troll, uh, just a, a jerk and a troll to him uh, right after the fight. And he kind of, he bit back a little bit, and then it spiraled out of control on Twitter and then there was, of course, a divided camp as to, hey, should he just take this abuse because he's a professional and people are uh, giving him a hard time, or should he, um, or should he bite back and stand up for himself? And it was a little bit of both. And this guy ended up kind of slithering away eventually have, because his because Julian's yeah. fans then jumped in and and probably took it over the top by that's, issuing death threats to th- him. And that's what I was saying. Like I've got virtually no problem with him calling out a fan who's who, who's a dick mm-hmm. and posting whatever as long as you're not posting a guy's address yeah, or phone him. number or doxing him but death threats yeah that's over ne- the line ne- never the answer for anything for you know it's never ne- never 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 it's yeah. just it always goes too far um but the guy was clearly a, a dick and uh, not Julian, the well, other guy. <laughs> and that's one of my, I, and I and I have such a soft it's... spot because sometimes when people challenge us, I, I, of course, I read negative things and I very much can move on. And sometimes, sometimes I address them or bite back a little. And, and then sometimes we've had very great conversations that, that pan out to be perfectly fine or, or we agree to disagree and, and we move on. But yeah, it's just, of course, it's just part of our online culture of, hey, you, you know, you're a professional, therefore I'm going to be the biggest jerk in the world or the biggest dick to you because well, I'm on Twitter. Uh, and part of it comes with being a professional athlete, you know. Correct. W- a certain degree of maybe public 
microscope and or scrutiny to some degree. Yeah. When you, when where does you, that line get crossed is the question, right? Well, Just what? because you're a, a successful public athlete figure or celebrity doesn't mean, in my opinion, it's no holds barred on anything could be said or lobbed over at you is my opinion. I think we're still humans. Uh, correct. But I, I think as a celebrity or pro player, you have to be able to take a lot because you know that you're not you're not going to be on your your best day every day. So yeah. and we see this a lot with fantasy sports where, you know, a player doesn't perform, a football player doesn't mm-hmm. perform and people will reach out and dude, you're a bum. You suck. Get off yeah, the I'm team. Right. Mm-hmm. This and that. Unfortunately, I feel like players just have to take that. Yeah. Like that's the well, type of thing it's too bad you, that they have. To. It is too bad. It is, but you kind of have to to deal with it. Now, when when a when a person makes it more personal, that's obviously over the line. All right. Uh, okay. Tim says I can't buy Popeyes because my cat loves it too much and is annoying. Hmm. I had chicken tonight. <laughs> my wife made chicken in the air fryer. It was delicious. <laughs> I was gonna say that's pretty random, and maybe it's not if I if I scroll up within the chat. Don't I'm scroll not sure. up; just let it let <laughs> let it know. go as it is. Uh, David John did say that Greg Barsby visited the poor guy that got randomly shot. USA, stay away from here in Thailand. Bummer, you guys. Spring forward. I am late to the podcast in the mornings. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I believe that Greg and I. This is only what I saw from socials. I feel as if Greg had a personal connection and knew him prior to that. Um, whether he did or didn't, I mean, it's awesome that Greg has visited him, but um, I think Greg also had some additional personal connection. I Unfortunately, I'll admit, I don't have an update. I Remind us next show. Let's give some official updates uh, as to how everything is going there. Okay. I, I haven't checked in lately, but that's one we should be giving an update on for sure. Hopefully everything is well. I have not heard otherwise, so I'm going to assume that things are hopefully going in the right direction. All right, Johnny, why don't you pull our number as um, I am scrolling along. You can pull for this sweet, sweet giveaway. If you did, I'm not. I'm, this isn't peer pressure. If you did want me to sign it and or Johnny, you could let us know. I'll tell you, if Johnny has to sign it, then it's going to be another week. And then the, the, it's the, right here. Uh, well, I'm saying if they didn't respond right now, I'm oh, saying. Oh, if yeah. they get to us in two days and say, can you have That's Johnny sign it? And it just delays everything. But anyway, don't have me sign bare it. Bare minimum, you've got Eagle McMahon on a CD DD3. And I'm not going to say that you, if you're looking for Sky Gods, that I'll have them for sale when they become officially available, but I will. I, I, I don't think I can take pre-orders unless you bribe me. Oh, no. Discmania is not listening to any of this. No. Danny Hollis says, when will we see a JVD versus TM, TDD, <laughs> Uh You and I haven't played in the same event in a long time. <laughs> no. It, it's in true. General. It's been a long like, time. Yeah. You, you, usually, one or both of us is working most weekends. Correct. And if if somehow, Yeah. What, I was going to say, when could that even happen? I don't some, know. I don't know. Some random, yeah. uh, maybe no. late, late season event for us to go find if that was ever happen. So, all right. We have 181 people eligible for our giveaway this week um, for the uh, DD3. Is that what it C-line, is? C-Line DD3. C-Line DD3. The red-ish candy looking. Signed by Eagle McMahon. Signed it with his, his his new arm. I heard he mm-hmm. just got. He's got a brand new arm. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, 
181 people eligible for our giveaway. Terry, what's the number? Oh my gosh. They're sorted by first name. I went lazy today. First name. First name. I think we got to go four. Four. All right. Our first number is 54. Our second number is 152. Our third number is four. Dang. I bet I will. Higher or lower than four, (laughs) Terry. I always ask. Oh, my gosh. I I hope it's lower. I mean, the chances are what? what, One in 180 or something like that or 181? Does it really matter? Um, The number is higher, Johnny. Okay. Our fourth and final number is 59. Uh, Love it. 59. Let's take a look and see what 59 brings us. Number 59 has the opportunity for this beautiful sea line, DD3, with Eagle McMahon signature. 59 is Dwayne Reader. Dwayne, Dwayne Reader. I love it, Dwayne. Dwayne, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to juice that box up with a few more things too. Dwayne is the gracious host of anytime I've been down at Throwdown oh, the Mountain. Oh, he's got Throwdown the Mountain host. Yes. Well, congratulations. And so, Dwayne, thank you so much for your Smashbox contribution here. It looks like you jumped on in uh, in the last few uh, in the last few months. And so, yeah. seriously, thank, thank you. you. Dwayne. So much, Dwayne, and um, yeah, you'll get this sent out, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in extra goodies because I, I get to sleep in one of your rooms. All right, that anyone sounds, that lets me sleep over, that's <laughs> kind of creepy, but sure, Terry. <laughs> but you know, no. it's, I can always count on you to push the line. <laughs> uh, rigged? No, absolutely not rigged, uh, as they never are. But this one uh, certainly not as well. Uh, considering it took Johnny a second to uh, scroll up because I was at the know. very bottom, so I had to scroll. But no, that's uh, that is awesome to see. Yep. And Dwayne has never won before, even so. Yep. yep. Right below him was Dwayne Crawford, and right above him was Doug Porter. Oh, very cool. So, um, yes, thank you guys so much. Uh, as soon as we get done, I will inevitably think about something else I want to talk about, but uh, I don't recall what it is. So, you got anything else you want to share before we? I don't believe so. I've finished watching Stranger Things, first half of season four. Okay. I have finished not starting it. It's really good. Okay. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, should I start on season four with the recent release, or should I start on season one? you got to start with season one of okay. Stranger Things. Sorry, Terry. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, uh, the Boys, really good. Continues to be very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Graphic, violent, bloody, um, phenomenal. And anything else I'm watching? I don't know if there's anything else I'm watching. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is coming out soon. That'll be great. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've been watching. There really isn't. I've honestly just been dedicating more than I care to admit time towards just like fixing up the house a little bit. Hmm. So today I we've got a, a windowsill outside the house. And the previous owners had dogs. And I think that the dogs, whenever they wanted to come in, just chewed the windowsill from the outside. Mm. And so it was like the wood was all chewed up. So today I took some Bondo, some all-purpose Bondo. I, I put a piece of wood there, smoothed it out, put some Bondo in there, sanded her down, looking mwah, now, looking mwah, so good. And now my wife will paint it. So, okay. Because we're painting the house slowly but surely. Now, so here's the thing. I think I heard her behind me, but that might have been my son. <laughs> yeah, I think I did too. We can wait till the after after show. After after show. No. 
she's rolling it in her spare time. She's painting the house blue. Like, uh, just, we have a brick house, so she's not painting the brick blue, thankfully. Mm, that'd be cool. But <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. She should paint the it top, all sorts of uh, Each colors. brick a different color. Yeah, no, like, no, she should make like a Tetris mural on it with the bricks. That would be pretty awesome. Um, And we're having this discussion because she's kind of like, well, this is my project. I'm doing it. And I'm like, well, we can do it faster. I can get a, I can get a, a paint sprayer, you know, take care of the whole back of the house, which is an add on before we got here. Sunroom. It's not brick. Like I just have to tape up the windows and spray up and down. You know, what will take you a couple hours would take me 15 minutes after I tape everything off. Of course. Yeah. No brainer. She's reluctant to that idea. She, she wants to take her time. She and wants do to it suffer well. through it. I, I kind of want to do it myself though. And just let her take care of the rest of the house. Like the, the, the detail work, but I can't, I can't seem to win her over with that one. Uh, I, I, I would not put up a fight. Mm, I don't know. It, it's, you you want to take the long way. You take the long way. Yeah. Let her, let her roll with it. That's what I would do. <laughs> David John says, JVD living inexpensive and buying a house that he can constantly complain <laughs> about the former owner's dogs. Uh, thankfully, this is like the last, I think this is the last thing that we're, that we really have to complain about. The sunroom has some scratches in the floor, but they're just minor and I'm not going to bother dealing with them. Don't really care. Um, and, and the windows look like they're maybe some paw scratches in them, but I think I could maybe get some, you know, when not window cleaner, but I think you can kind of buff that out with some, I, my understanding is you can do it with toothpaste of all things, but I need to look that up. But no, the, the former dogs owners, uh, former owners, dogs were, whatever. <laughs> I'm not a dog person, so they were not well liked in the neighborhood. So mm, the, the dogs or the owners, I think either. Particularly the dogs, but maybe not the owners either. <laughs> so, no, huh? Just uh, yeah. The last weekend, I, I I leveled out my lawn a little bit. I had a big, I had one giant like bump in one spot and really low in another. So I dug out the bump and I moved the dirt over and I kind of raked it all out and I threw some hay on it and some grass seed, which I don't think is going to grow much because it's just wicked hot right now. And I don't and, and I need to water it more than I am right now. So I might just. You know, whatever. Yeah, the the mulch has been uh, has mul- dissipated. Mul- has is, been uh, the distributed. Backyard. The extra mulch is in the backyard. We don't need to worry about that. <laughs> David Jen says maybe that. you should get some dogs. I send you one from Thailand. Um, I don't need any dogs from no. Thailand. Uh, but in, uh, in in other exciting news, uh, Johnny Rumble, good friend of the show here, good all around guy, mm-hmm. did text me out of nowhere this weekend and said, "Hey, if you're going back to Thailand next year, me and my son are going to come along." And go back yet again. And I said, good, because I want to make it happen no matter what. Looking looking forward cool. to it. Uh, uh, oh, I watched, I don't know how I even came across it. Maybe I searched for comedies right before I get on the plane. Because, of course, literally as you're standing in queue to get on a plane, that's when you remember, oh, shit, I should download something to watch. Yeah, that's Every planning. time. Every time. That's not just my la- poor plan. Not me. The last two times. I've flown. I've been ahead of the game. Not but me. the time before that, I was on the plane hoping it would finish downloading. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's where I'm always uh, doing. Well, I had downloaded Between Two Ferns, the movie, and it was all right. It was, um, yeah, all right. I don't I don't even know when it came out. I, I don't, whatever. I can't say that I've watched all the individual uh, clips that had been done or the individual segments or episodes that had been done, but I did watch the movie and... Um, yeah, it, I, it was all right. I guess that's that's my, that's my meh kind of take on it. All right, we're going to close it out. 
Get out of here. We're going to blow out the candles for Dustin's birthday in one minute. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you to every single person this weekend that yet again comes up and says, hey, I watch, I listen. Some days a day later, some days over the span of four days, whatever it is. Uh, just thank you to all of those uh, incredible supporters and people that uh, continue to tune in week after week, the thousands of downloads. Uh, whether you're watching us here and live or you're playing it in the background or at your shop or you're Much downloading it and then, you know, the long long, long car rides or wherever it might be that you're consuming it. We do very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you. So for Johnny V, myself, Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, this has been episode 408's after show. Happy summer solstice. Longest day of the year. Sure. We'll go with that. All those crazy people, Tom McManus and crew that played uh, the long event today. That's for another time. We'll talk about it next week. So what's this weekend? Oh, yeah. Preserve. We'll see you at the preserve. And then we'll talk with our winner next Tuesday when you step inside the Smashbox. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.